Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Round and Tile podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Jose. And I'm Elvis. And today's episode is Mean Green Dreaming Machine, as we'll be sharing impressions of Mario and Luigi Dream Team, as well as the 3DS eShop tile Attack of the Friday Monsters, and the Wii Virtual Console's version of Super Street Fighter 2 The New Challengers. A bit later in the show, all of that. But, as we always do, we're kicking off with news first. And uh, we're going to be discussing some fresh details on the upcoming... Wii U t- on many upcoming Wii U tiles, like uh, Wind Waker HD, Sonic Lost World, Call of Duty Ghost. We're going to share our take on the rumor of a Pokemon fighting game, like a Street Fighter-style Pokemon fighting game, and or Tekken. That's cool. Yeah, it, it could be. Well, it, it, it's interesting to say the least. And we're also going to be looking at uh, July sales numbers and what Nintendo's doing out on the mean streets of America to turn around those Wii U sales. So all that's coming up. If you want, if any of those topics in particular sound interesting, feel free to use the timestamps on the blog post for this episode at roundtown.com to jump straight to it. But first, before any of that, let's talk indies, shall we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You sound so excited. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but this past week was Gamescom in Europe, the big yeah. video game expo, and Sony and Microsoft both showed up and with them, they brought a bunch of indie news and indie games. Sony was firing on all cylinders. They had, like, tons of indie games. And Microsoft announced a new indie PS4 program. release date was also announced. Yeah, November 15th. Right before Nintendo's traditional favorite weekend. They're releasing it on the Friday of the weekend that Nintendo always releases their big game. In other words, three day, two days before Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which comes out in November. Man, everyone's going to forget about the PS4 when Donkey Kong comes out. I know, right? Everyone's <laughs> going to be like, who needs this? <laughs> when I have a sequel to a game that's not... That was just released four months ago, six months ago on the 3DS. But, uh, yeah. So they were all at com- Gamescom showing off their indie wares. But, and Nintendo was kind of... Indie wares. Qu- their indie wares. <laughs> Nintendo is kind of quiet, though. They have indie games. That's the thing. And they have a good indie program, but they kind of slipped under the radar. You could debate if Sony's better than Nintendo in terms of an overall indie strategy, but... I think it's safe to say Nintendo does have a good selection of indie games coming out. They don't have Octodad. They don't have Octodad, but they have a lot of others. A bunch of which Factory just announced this past past week, which I think kind of proved the point that there's still a good crop of indie games coming to Wii U, to 3DS. So, just wanted to highlight a few. Uh, The first of which, anyone that's been listening to us for a while knows that we, particularly you two actually, are super into music games and rhythm, specifically rhythm games like Rhythm Heaven, Rhythm Thief, Harmonite. So this one kind of falls into that same... Elite Beat Agents. This one kind of falls into that same range. A little. It's a little different, but it's an indie game called uh, Beat Buddy Tales of Tale of the Guardians, and it's coming out on Wii U eShop early next... I think early next year. Beat Buddy. Beat Buddy. Sounds very close to something else. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought that. It does, yeah. But it's... Well, hey, maybe the Beat guys really like each other a lot. <laughs> But anyway, um, yeah, so what it is, is it's not, you know, the games I just listed and games that you guys are big fans of that I enjoy too are all very, you play to the rhythm, you play to the beat. This one's almost, you're making the beat to some extent, so and then you're like, fitting it's into It's like Runner 2. It's a, yeah, it's kind of like Runner 2, but it's more of an action-adventure game. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the, the trailer software makes it look, reminds me a lot of a twin-stick shooter, like, mm-hmm. um... It looks like pixel junk with music. It's, yeah, it's like a musical pixel junk, but then it has like some... everything is going to the music. Yeah, and it has some interesting, like, platformery elements. Like, basically, it's... So it's a 2D side-scroller or top-down. I mean, they're basically the same. Depend, it's just depending on movement. And uh, you're exploring a world, you're shooting things, you're solving puzzles, you're jumping off spring pads, and like I said, everything's to the music. So, like, the spring pads, you'll have to hit them at the right moment in some cases, and it'll fit the beat. Or, in some other cases, the stuff you do, like the enemies you shoot and whatnot, how you go about doing it will actually, as the developers put it, 
remix the music. So you're basically making the music on the fly as you go. Cool. Except for the segments when you're not, and you're fitting the music. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure how to go distinguish those two, but I don't know. The developers over at Threeks, that's Freaks with a T-H, Threeks, seem to uh, have it figured out. They just released it on Steam a few weeks ago. But, you know, it's just something a little different, and it has the advantage of having a lot of game, well-known game composers making the music, most notably the guy behind Journey. Uh, mm-hmm. His name's Austin Wintery, and he's he's giving them tracks to put in the game. So, so it's something to keep an eye on. It's just something a little different. It's not your standard run-of-the-mill side-scrolling platformer for you know with indie hand-drawn art. It's a little different. It's a little more musical. Just a little. Just a little. But no idea how they're going to use the gamepad. They haven't said. But something to keep an eye on. It's out by early 2014. You probably touch things. You think? <laughs> or just off-TV play. Yeah, it's probably just off-TV. It yeah. might be off-TV play in, like, some sort of mini musical mini game where you have to, like, tap things. But cool. Yeah. But that's, uh... That's... That was the one... Like, that's one. But the one that probably got the most attention, even though we didn't start with it, is uh, Retro City Rampage. Do you guys remember that? Part two? It's part one. It's a oh, port. No, isn't part two coming out or something? Uh, well, not... This time. Well, maybe, but not for what I'm about to say. Uh, they're bringing the original Retro City Rampage to oh, 3DS. Oh, okay. Which oh, is interesting, because cool. it has a weird legacy, this game. It Did started... You that game? No, I never oh. bought it. Oh. I saw videos of it. It looks cool. It's basically, for those who don't know, it's an 8-bit GTA-style, like Grand Theft Auto-style open-world game packed with all these 80s video game references and all this 80s pop culture humor. Oh, Retro City. I'm thinking of the one where... ニューヨークのエヴァンハズアニメマンスクランソンおおなんかエヴァンハズアニメマンスクランソンおおなんかエヴァンハズアニメマンスクランソンおおなんかエヴァンハズアニメマンスクランソンおおなんかエヴァン
apparently, mm-hmm. and everything he has to like restructure, but he's not going through the effort of actually changing anything. There's one thing that would be cool in the gamepad would be the whole city map. On yeah, it, that's something he's considering. The, 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 by the way, the game's made by a single guy. This dude named uh, Brian Provinciano, I think is how you say his last name. He did the whole thing by, kinda like, by like, himself. Kind of like Fez. Kind of like Fez, kind of like uh, with Phil Fish, kind of like... Uh, Minecraft initially. Kind of like not Minecraft with uh, Marcus, what's his name? Notch. Notch. Kind of like uh, Gum and Clive on 3DS, that's one guy. Uh, Barrel is his screen name, I don't remember his name. So show you, you can still make a good game with one yeah. guy. Yeah, no, but, but I'm just saying, not like... this guy. <laughs> well, here's something <laughs> I'd annoy even more then is that... Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to, like, whack you with my arm, but... Uh, that's it, cool. <laughs> I'm glad you're okay with it. But no, he um, he isn't making it in 3D on the 3DS. So what he's doing is he's spending time putting on the map on the lower screen and potentially doing things like having you have dual, scri- dual stick shooting using the touch screen and the circle pad together. But he's not... And you know, there'll be weaponry, weapon like item Icarus? inventory. Yeah, Icarus. yeah. And so he might do it like Kid Icarus, but he's no, not... No, I think he means more like... Um... Or not kidding. It's top down, so it'd be more like um, Geometry Wars kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, that's very oh, simple. Okay. But how he meant, I think how I meant by Kid Icarus is like screen. you oh, aim with one, yeah. you shoot with you yeah, yeah. point or the direct. Prime hunters yeah. Or, oh yeah, that sort prime of thing. Hunters. But he's not doing it in 3D because apparent, as he put, for side scrolling games, that's super easy because you know you just layer the layers and then they're 3D. It's cool though. Yeah, it looks but for, cool. yeah, no, he's not saying it's bad, but for top down, he'd have to basically redo the whole game and oh. define the layers because yeah. side scrolls it's really obvious what layers are what. You just slice them. Top down, you have to like construct things into a 3D space. So, I don't know. True. I mean, the, the the one thing that's interesting about this, well, two things is, one, he's only had it for, he's already started a month ago on it, and it's already going to be playable at PAX Prime next weekend, the big gaming expo in Seattle. So that's a pretty quick arcade? turnaround. What? Penny Arcade? Yeah, their big expo. Uh... And two, it's a good reminder that, like, you don't have to use every single feature of a Nintendo console, and Nintendo doesn't require it. Like, he's not using 3D on the 3DS, but Nintendo's perfectly fine with it. They're spotlighting it at their booth next week. Like, it's just kind of a good reminder, if nothing else, that, you know, eShop developers, as long as they make games that people are interested in, Nintendo doesn't care how they go about doing it, or what features they use, or if they sell this aspect of the system or that aspect of the system. They they just want games. I hope developers are more aware of that than anything. Yeah, I mean, they've said that before about Wii U and whatnot, so it's just a matter of will developers latch onto the idea and be like, oh, well, if I don't have to do it in 3D, sure, whatever, I'll just port my game. I mean, that's what the Nintendo Web Framework's all about, is quick, easy ports. But uh, it'll be out by the holidays. So I was going to say, are you guys planning to buy it? But I think I know the answer. No. no I feel like <laughs> if I wanted it, I would have played it already on the PS3. I'm pretty sure it was free at some point. It was free. That's how I played it. Right. Yeah, so I mean, if I can't even fit it then, I'm probably not going to yeah. play it now. It's interesting. The, the Vita version is actually the best selling of all the versions. So it makes sense that he's bringing it to 3DS. It just is unfortunate that after such a long legacy, it wasn't very good. It sounds like. <laughs> but... Yeah, there are two indie games that have a lot more potential than that, at least. And these are the last two of our little roundup. Um, both of which actually revolve around the ideas of like lightness and shadow and darkness, but in very different ways. So one of them is called Candle. And this <laughs> game, uh, it's a, it's like a, they take the puzzles of like graphic adventure games and kind of wedge them into... When I saw it, it's like Arcsy Overload. Like when yeah. That, oh yeah, it's all hand-drawn. They, but they take puzzles, they load them into like a, plat- a side-scoring, slow-paced platform of sorts. So it's kind of like Oddworld. That's the game they're using as like... It's sort of like Aldous World or Oddworld or those sorts of like puzzle-heavy side-scrollers with a... With a like Limbo. Yeah, like when Limbo. When I watching the gameplay, it reminded me a lot of Limbo. Like how you move around and everything. Candle? No, like how they move, like how... No, I'm saying Candle reminds you of Limbo? Yeah, yeah, Candle, yeah okay, like gameplay-wise, yeah. they remind me a lot of Limbo. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's kick-started. It, did, it is confirmed for Wii U now. Yeah, but yeah, it had... What? There's like some girl jumped mm-hmm. one layer in no, front. No, this one looks like a 
painting. Yeah, it's, it's cool and on one hand because everything's hand-drawn and looks really nice, but on the other hand, it's like every indie game, everything's hand-drawn and looks very nice. Uh, but this one, like, when the environments are really lit, like, everything is so detailed that it's kind of hard to distinguish some things like, from others, like, in the background. They need, they need to take a page out of uh, Smash Bros. on 3DS and put outlines around characters. <laughs> And around important objects. Yeah, because like, when I was looking, like, oh, wait, what can I jump on and what can I jump on? Because everything yeah. looks so, like... It's super detailed. You, you could tell, I mean, like, it looks nice, but they, yeah, they put a little too much effort in right. the wrong area, if you uh, Right. But, I mean, if the if people are, like, willing to look past those visuals, I guess, or like the very amount, you know, the super detailed thing, um, the gameplay does revolve, as you can guess, around a candle. Your 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 item you have with you is a candle, and you use it to shine light. I think it's hand of the candle or something. Or like yeah, either way, you have a candle, and you're using it to shine light on things and cast shadows, and that's how you solve puzzles. And the puzzles are gonna be you know a mix of on the TV and stuff you do on the gamepad. So which will also be home to menus and inventories and and maps and that sort of thing. So yeah, I'm, it does. It's just interesting because you know it's a very ambitious game. Sure, it's way too detailed, but one thing they're doing that's actually really impressive is they are porting over an engine that's not even supported on Wii U in order to get the game running properly. The Wii U supports DirectX 10, the rendering engine, mm-hmm. and DirectX 11 isn't supported by Wii U natively, but they are making the stuff they did in DirectX 11 work on Wii U. Like, they're taking it as many bits and pieces and kind of restructuring it so it will work, which is, like, a huge commitment for a system that's not, you know, to a system that they have no idea how well it will sell. So... That's uh, that to me is the most impressive thing about the game. Is they're actually putting in that much effort. Thoughtful. Yeah, it's very thoughtful. On the other end, and that's the end. Uh, Candle will be out. I'm not even sure when. There's no release date, so it might be a while. But on the other end of the light shadow spectrum, and also kind of reminiscent of Limbo, but in very different ways, is a game called Monochroma, which is also a size-growing puzzle platformer. <laughs> I think we have a few too many of these coming out. And, I know, then you have that claymation one. Yeah, the claymation one. Well, that one's a full-on graphic adventure. Like, that's a full-on point-and-click yeah, 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 adventure. Yeah. But, uh, graphic adventure, that's not a thing. <laughs> point-and-click adventure. But, graphic uh, adventure? graphic novel is what I was thinking of, but... Pretty much what 999 was. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, so Monochrome, I'm actually super excited about this one, just based on the videos and screens I've seen alone. It's, uh, so it's primarily black and white, very Limbo-esque in that regard. Everything's like, there's lots of heavy shadows and kind of a misty vibe, and lots of things are silhouetted, and you see, like, light shining through the shadows and silhouettes, and you can see the, like, glowing effect of the light and stuff. And basically, you're these two, uh... Brothers. Yeah, these two kids, these two brothers, who, they see some robots do something bad. They're in an alternate reality of the 1950s, like a dystopian version of the 1950s. They see two robots do something bad. They then have to go through these series of puzzles to be able to stop the evil corporation from covering this up or continuing to do bad things. So, the game structure, you do all these puzzles, there's six hours worth, split into uh, four 90-minute chapters. Which is a very long time for one level, I feel like. But, yeah, so, the the reason I feel like that might be of note is, are they planning to release them individually or together as a pack? Like is it good? Are you gonna be buying? Sounds, yeah, it, it, are you gonna be buying chapter like, one, chapter two, chapter? Wait, three, did they call them four? episodes or what did they call? They call them chapters. Oh, so it's probably within the same game, but they're very long. They're Walking be, Dead. Yeah, it could be Walking Dead style. That's what I'm thinking. Oh. Like it could be individual releases. Well, I mean, Ace Attorney was kind of like that. It was split into chapters, and each chapter was pretty long. Yeah, but that wasn't like a platformer. Well, yeah, but I guess if there's save points in the chapters, it's fine. But yeah, but this one isn't like a super. I mean. it's... It's still a puzzle platformer. It's really right. slow paced too. Right, and yeah, it is, it is very slow paced because not only do they compare it to, the developers compare it to Limbo, but they also said it's a lot like Ico or Eco, 
where you you know you have one character helping the other. So, the two brothers. You play one, the other's the one you help. So, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it was just confirmed for Wii U. It's going to be out in May 2014 on the Wii U eShop, which is actually the last of all the releases. But considering it's the last to be announced, of course it'll be the last to be released. So, it's a ways away. But, honestly, of these two titles, of these two titles that play with Light and Dark, one in a gameplay sense, one in a graphical sense, I feel like Mon- Monochroma might be more interesting, to me at least, because I love the look of it. All the all the uh, puzzles are going to be based on realistic physics, so it's going to be, it's got like a sense of realism, even if it's like very artsy, art style. So, I don't know, it just seems really cool. Like, the other, Candle seems neat, but yeah, the graphics are a bit too detailed, and... Obviously, these are based on these impressions are based on practically nothing. But <laughs> but the graphics just, like it doesn't it just seems a little yeah, too, is this for, it seems is this too, our first impression. Yeah, it just seems yeah. too familiar almost. Like it's too this is what an indie game is supposed to be. And Monochrome just feels a little fresher, even though it is reminiscent of Limbo. Yeah, but I mean, th- I mean, besides Limbo and uh, Night Sky, I think those are the only ones that use that. Style. Yeah, that dude. And it, Night Sky uses it in a very different way than Monochrome. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, yeah. If I had to pick one, I would also go with Monochrome. But that's yeah, just... but I mean, they're both. Don't get me wrong; they're both promising. As is Beat Buddy, as is <laughs> maybe not Retro City Rampage, based on your impressions, <laughs> always. But you know, uh, there there's stuff coming. It's good stuff coming. But yeah, I think Monochrome is probably the most yeah. interesting to me. I mean, a lot of variety. Uh, uh, overall, yeah. like I mean, not even just these, but I mean, in addition to like Cube and all these other things. Yeah, if, getting, you, if you stop and think about the fact that these are, like, we're getting something for everyone, probably. Yeah, even though these are all puzzle platformers, like it feels like there's a, like a gluttony of like way too much of them. But there's still yeah a ton. Like Cube is what first person puzzle adventure. Uh, they we have a Forced, which is kind of a our real time strategy game coming this or coming out later this year, I think. There's um all sorts of stuff. Yeah, there's a. Bomberman meets Worms thing called Monkey Pirates, which we mentioned last episode. That's coming. <laughs> There's a squirrel pinball game that I was going to put in the outline, but I ended up not doing it. But we have, for those that don't know, we have an outline that we kind of base all our episodes off of. We don't, we don't really know every single detail about all these games off the top of our heads. That would be nuts. Like no pun not- intended, because we're talking about squirrels. But oh, I didn't uh, catch it. oh, anyway, and that one game is probably not coming anymore. Which. Shadows of the Eternal? Oh, Shadows of the Eternal, yeah, it failed. It's Kickstarter. They're regrouping and figuring out what to yeah. do next. But yeah, that's the game from the Dennis Di- from Dennis Dyack and his team yeah. at uh, Precursor. Lots of stuff apparently going on behind the scenes yeah, there's, that I well, didn't know about. Yeah, Dennis Dyack, he, he's had kind of a shade pass. They did Eternal Darkness, Silicon Knights was the developer that he ran. They kind of, they split from Nintendo. Like, they used to work really closely with Nintendo. They then did their own thing. The game started sucking. <laughs> and then there's some weird money movement happening and like all sorts of shady business practices. Kind of reminds me of the Gizmondo or yeah, Gizmondo. Yeah. I remember that. It's a handheld. Oh, never mind. <laughs> no, Gizmondo was a handheld that bombed hard, and but their CEO still bought this really fancy car, like a five hundred thousand dollar Ferrari or something, and then crashed oh. it here in the hills of Malibu, <laughs> like the week after he bought it. Yeah, there was ties to the mafia. Yeah, now he's in jail. What I believe. The hell? Yeah, it's insane. But um, so. Yeah, there is a lot of good stuff coming to eShop. You were going to say something before. Oh, the Retro City Rampage. That as a console version, is like, I don't want to play it. But I could, as a portable, I could see it doing better. That's probably why it sold best on Vita. Yeah, I'm sure definitely. everyone else had that. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, Animal Crossing. Right, it just, it's just a better fit on handheld. I think part of it's because like, the game just, you know, it's it's very simple in terms of graphics and gameplay. So, so, cause it's NES yeah. style, so it makes sense on portable where you just pick up and play for 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. Well, if you go to a TV, you kinda want a deeper experience more often than not. Yeah, I don't wanna sit down and play it. 
Right. Wanna... You want to stand in a bus and play it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or sit in the back of a taxi and play it. I don't want to play it at my house, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, get out, uh... get out. <laughs> <laughs> so you could just put your PS3 outside, and then technically you're not in your house, and they could play it. I don't want to be uh, I, I uh, shut down or yes. closed in. <laughs> yeah, you want to be free to roam the world <laughs> with Retro City Rampage in your hand at all times. If it yes. was on Wii U, you could kind of do that. Up to about 30 feet, yeah. Well, unless I just take the Wii U console, plug it in. Oh, that's true, yeah. People do it in airports. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen photos of that. I have yet to see it in person. I really want to. I will <laughs> totally Instagram that. <laughs> anyway, the, the point I was making about the indie games is, so, overall... Sony and Microsoft are definitely getting more attention, but Nintendo's still doing a lot to get indie games, and we're getting a huge variety. 18 to 20 are coming to the Wii U eShop by the end of this year, and then there's these four more, plus a ton of others that we barely touched on, like that Squirrel Pinball game, which I just mentioned in passing. I don't remember what it's called, but it's uh, literally, it's like Mario Pinball Land, but with a squirrel, and like you work your way through levels with like flippers to guide you. Like They're not just like pinball tables, like full levels. It's out on iOS and Android right now, but they're pouring it to Wii U. Um, Is it going to be super expensive, like Angry Birds? No, 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 no. It's, it's being done through Nintendo Web Framework, I believe, or one of those sorts of things. So it's going to be like the standard eShop price. It's going to be on eShop, so it's going to be like, you know, five, six bucks probably. How much is it on iOS? Probably 99 cents. <laughs> but hey, that's, that's, that's the console tax, I guess. But yeah, um, it's interesting. Though, cause, uh, yeah, it's stupid, but, you know. But Nintendo's trying to whittle that down. They're trying to make a more, like, have there be more parity between the two. And that's parity, not parody, not SNL. <laughs> but, um... What? I sound like I said parody, but I meant parody. Like, like, make them the same. All right. I, I, it sounded like I wasn't clear with my words. No, I, I got you. I yeah. heard it the first Thank time. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, Nintendo is doing more things to make it so they can attract you more indie developers. At uh, Right before Gamescom, there's actually GDC Europe, which was Game Developers Conference European equivalent. And Nintendo was there showing off Nintendo Web Framework and Unity Engine again. And what those are, for those who may not know or may not have listened to our past episodes where we talk about it, is... Uh, Super easy tools, free tools for developers to really quickly get their games on Wii U eShop. So, web framework, you can, anything that's HTML5 powered, which is a lot of apps and a lot of games on mobile devices, really easily get on the Wii U. It hooks into the gamepad, everything just kind of works. You just have to make minor tweaks. Unity Engine, that powers a ton of games, including Cube, for example. And that uh, that's now free with every Wii U developer kit, so you get this nice high-end engine for free. And cool. Nintendo's doing a lot of stuff, like, on top of... Those are what they did originally, but now they're adding new stuff on top. Like, all indie games now can support in-game DLC, which sucks for us gamers, because that means we, we will probably have to spend more money. But <laughs> it's a huge way to attract indies who do, like, in-app purchases on iPhone. Because now it's like, hey, guys, not only can you bring the game over super cheap with Unity or with Nintendo Web Framework, but, 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 you can have a second revenue stream, not just of the game when it's purchased... But then again, as people buy DLC, or you can do free-to-play, like on an iPhone, and then get revenue through the in-game purchasing. So I'm not sure if it's literally in-game or if you have to go through the eShop, but either way, DLC and after-download purchasing is now possible, which could mean we get a lot of free-to-play, possibly. Yeah. Which would be... I mean, if it's free-to-play... There's good free-to-play and there's bad free-to-play. If you look at Temple Run, or something like that oh, on the okay, iPhone, that's, that's good free-to-play. Cool. If you look at Tank Tank Tank... That's good free to play until you want to do more than multiplayer, then bad free to play. Because then pinball, that's thing. bad free to play, I'd argue, because you get 30 seconds of one table. But, what was that? No, that at least you, for Tank Tank Tank, you only need to buy one thing to get mm-hmm. the whole game. Mm-hmm. So it's not that bad. Well, you buy one thing to get the ability to play as much as you want. You still have to buy oh, each piece of oh, the game right. separately. That's yeah. true. But so there's different types of free to play, but at least they're giving indies the option to bring over free to play. So who knows? Maybe we'll actually get like Temple Run or something, or 
Temple Run would be weird on the game, but you know something like that. You can see it works with the gyro. Yeah. Oh, that actually be cool. Yeah, you hold it vertically. It'd be too heavy to do the slashing with the jumping. Yeah. No, you'd hold it vertically probably, and then you'd press a button instead of slash. Yeah, it'd probably be t- gamepad only yeah. games or something. Yeah. Like spin the bottle and whatnot. Yeah. Bumpy's, Bumpy's party. party. Yeah, <laughs> I love that sometimes. He, he knows how to throw a party. He does. He sure does. But no, in addition to, uh, in addition to, you know, all the framework stuff they're doing on Wii U, Nintendo's also considering bringing web framework, which would mean all this indie stuff, to 3DS, which already has an established indie scene. But, but it would be a nice, you know, little perk, for developers to bring even more over because uh, it's not confirmed by any means. Nintendo isn't even 100 percent sure they're going to do it. But a rep told someone at GC Europe that Nintendo is looking into the options. So they're open to the idea, and it would probably be beneficial in the long run, right? I mean, more games the better, which is what this would enable. Because we're already seeing a couple ports. Cut the ropes on 3DS. Yeah. So why not, like... Cut the ropes good. What are you mooning about? For three bucks or more? Well, I had it for 99 cents. I have three cut the ropes for three bucks on my phone. But oh, no, yeah, yeah the, pricing isn't, the pricing isn't good, but the games are good. Um, yeah, and the other thing Nintendo's doing with eShop is that they are allowing Japanese developers, finally, indie Japanese developers, to actually get in. That's what you've been waiting for, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, we're only getting... We're we're getting great Western experiences, but there's probably just as big of a developer scene in Japan as there is here. That's true, I don't even know about it. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) how it was up till now... Well, first, how it was with DSiWare and WiiWare back in the day was to have a game on the uh, shop channel, you would either need... You would need to have a physical business office with a business address and, like, a physical... You need to be a real business. You couldn't be a garage developer. You couldn't do it in your parents' basement. You had to be, like, a business. Nintendo dropped that for uh, eShop, which is why we see those one-man games like Retro City Rampage and Gunman Clive and all those that I mentioned before. But they didn't drop it in Japan. So Europe and America, we've been getting all these great, unique experiences. Japan, even when they port over the ones that are already out in Europe or, Japan, or America, they have to get a publisher to publish it. Like, they have to have an established business actually take, you know, take the game over there. Like, Gunman Clive, they had to work with I don't remember who, but it took like six months to iron out the contract just so they could release it there. But now what Nintendo's doing is they're allowing Japanese developers and developers from abroad to all do what they do here over in the Japanese eShop. Which, I mean, if it means our game's going there, it presumably would also mean a bunch of Japanese games from individual developers and small teams coming here, which could potentially lead to a whole new slew of games that, you know, things you might not have been... It's funny if there are there any games or like, full-fledged games. That would be brave, mine, actually. <laughs> because of Japanese developers. That'd be fine. <laughs> Although, I'd argue Western developers now, they're, like, more cinematic, like, blockbuster, AAA title developers, with the exception Indies? of... No, Western oh. Western developers in general, with the exception of, like, the Metal Gear games. Mm, well, The Last of Us, I guess. Yeah, well, Last of Us was made by a Western studio. Sony That's published, right. but, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Like, games like The Last, like Last of Us, Gears of War... God of War, you know, all those are pretty heavy on, like, cinematics and big, like, big set Why pieces. Why games used to be known for that? I feel like they Final Fantasy. Oh. Final Fantasy was the definition of those type of games, once upon a time, and then it kind of fell off. Even Square Enix, they bought, they bought Enix, so that, or no, not Enix, sorry, Square Enix bought Eidos, so they could get these Western games, and, you know, Tomb Raider, and all the, and, uh, uh, help me here, what's, uh, Hitman. And all those, like, they got those because they needed to broaden their portfolio because no one cared about Japanese games that weren't as cinematic anymore. Oh. And also just genres that aren't as popular. Like, JRPGs are kind of declining. But... What were the best kind of RPGs? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mario and Luigi's a JRPG, sort of. It's from Japan and it's an RPG, well, so true. by definition. 
But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's indie games. It's just cool that Nintendo's spreading the love, so to speak, even more in terms of what you can do with indie games and who can develop, and that should hopefully mean even more cool experiences on the way. Thank you, Nintendo. Yeah, beyond just the four we mentioned. Three plus Retro City Rampage, Rampage that we mentioned. Um, that's indie. Of course, major publishers have games coming, too, including Nintendo themselves. We got some new info on those, which is interesting, to say the least. Uh, the, probably the biggest one is the new info on Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, the Wind Waker HD, which is still coming in August, but we still don't know a day. August? I mean, sorry, not August, October. August? If it was August, it'd be out right now. Yeah, it's still coming in October, we still don't know when exactly, but as we approach that release date, Nintendo's naturally starting to actually trickle out information. So we're finally getting some specific changes that are in store for the remake, or HD make, as I'm now going to call it. Oh. Beyond... <laughs> that sounds like a D-make. Like it's yeah, D-make. You're right. I won't call it HD. It, I really wish the Wii U was just called it's the Wii. It's not the HD-ified. I wish the Wii U was called the Wii, just so we can keep doing the phrase Wii-make, which is what like Resident Evil 4 was called, the Wii-make. Yeah, you can't say Wii-u-make, because it No, involves... it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't do anything. Yeah, we didn't do a thing. We're just playing. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, we already knew... You know, tingle bottles are in from Eversa integration. Uh, they're speed, sped up sailing. They're redoing some stuff. They're redoing like the Triforce quest. We know all that, but now we know huh. a little bit more and like a little some extra stuff they're adding and how they're gonna utilize this. So like with sped up sailing, for example, you get an item. The sped up part is not only do you go faster, but you don't have to control the wind to determine. Like you don't have to go. I want to go south. Let me have the wind push me yeah, south. Yeah, it, defeats and do the, the baton. it basically defeats the purpose of learning that song. Wait, if you get it, it's optional. Yeah. So now what they're doing is you just turn the boat and it just goes. But you are still free to, yeah, you are, like you said, Jose, you are still free to do the Wind Waker yeah. song. And if, if I recall, want. they don't tell you when it becomes available. You just have to, like... You have to go to an auction house after the first dungeon. Yeah. That's all that, that, yeah, they won't say, go get this. It's just if you know it's there, you can go get it and have a better experience if you want that experience. If you are, if you believe that's better. Some might say no. The, uh... The other thing they're adding is kind of big. That one's not even big. The biggest thing they're adding, I'd argue, is a hero mode available from the start. So how it works is when you start the game, you can choose normal mode or hero mode any time during the game. You can switch from normal to hero or hero to normal as much as you want. And what hero mode is, in name, it's like Skyward Swords, where there's a harder difficulty. In execution, it's a little lazier than that. So for hero mode in Wind Waker, all they're doing is enemies deal double damage, and uh, there's no hearts just in the world. Like, you can only get recover health from potions. So, yeah, it's harder. How's it different from Skyward Sword? Didn't they change some of the enemy stuff beyond just making them doubly strong? Didn't they, like, remix a few things? Like, redo a few things or change layouts or do something? I don't think so. Or am I thinking of Ocarina of Time? I don't know. I only played it in hard, so I I wouldn't know the difference. uh, Master Master Quest did that. Master Quest did that. Ocarina of Time 3D did that. Well, that was Master Quest. Oh, duh. (laughs) Right. When you said Master Quest, I was thinking the GameCube, like... Wind Waker pre-order bonus Master Quest. Well, that is it. I know, I know, but I, I know, no, no, but my point is, I think I think them as two separate games, which was my fault. Yeah, that, that one like they actually went out of the way to re like change dungeons. Yeah, but see, that makes sense because that was a full-fledged re-release. Skyward Sword was just like an extra mode at the end. Yeah, they just changed it, this one to change it. Right, different. But you would think for Wind Waker HD, which you could argue is the Wii U version of Ocarina of Time. What we what Wind Waker is to Wii U, Ocarina of Time is to 3DS. You expect them to do a comparable, yeah, but, but honestly, like a comparable difficulty. I'm pretty sure. Um, Ocarina of Time 3D wouldn't have had that Master Quest. If Master Quest didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. like, honestly, it probably would have been the exact same thing. You're probably right. lucky. It's still kind of, it just, I guess just because we got Master Quest, now it just feels, not exactly lazy, but mm. just kind of like, oh, all right. Well, honestly, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it, because I honestly wasn't expecting anything. Me all. neither, because Nintendo downplayed it so much. That's so like, it's better than nothing, but it's just That's like, I'm like, like oh, okay, double damage. I kind of wish it was a little more damage. 
But I kind of wish they just did more, period, with the hero mode, but, you know, get what we can take, I guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> but the uh, the other change they're doing, and this one I actually love tremendously, I wish did is... What? Oh, you're gone. Uh, I was going to say, PictoBox, you can take pictures of stuff, post it in Miiverse, and now you can spin the camera around, and Link can take selfies! Selfies, Aww. guys! Selfies! You know... Selfies. It's like a girl now. Yeah, Nintendo truly understands our generation though, because like selfies are the it thing right now. They they get us. They they they, they, get, they get us. They get <laughs> no guys do it too. Have you ever seen Rich Kids of Instagram, the Tumblr? It's mostly oh. guys. It's the funniest thing. It's always like super like spoiled like Hampton kids and whatnot. They're like dressed like super hipster and like have like twenty credit cards or like a four thousand dollar bill for a club or like these giant champagne balls or like doing all these ridiculous things. They're just, like, flaunting, they're just flaunting their wealth, but they're doing it in the most, like, obnoxious way possible. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's just funny to laugh at them, because they, like, think they're so cool, but they just look like total, like, jerks. Like, <laughs> you're rich. Yeah, well, it's not, <laughs> it's more like how they're choosing to show it. Because there are yeah. some people that are rich, but don't, like, flaunt it. But these guys are, like, you know, it'd be like, there's one with a kid with a Amex American Express black card, which is, like, the most exclusive card, <laughs> in his mouth, in a bathtub of money, with a giant champagne bottle that's the size of his chest. Like, it's Damn. just, like, so stupid. <laughs> But yeah, um, point I know being, the girls want all that money. Yeah, point being, selfies <laughs> um, are, in, <laughs> are in Wind Waker, and you not only can link like so you spin the camera around and links like in the corner, and you can see his arm kind of reaching up to hold the camera, like you see a sliver of his shoulder. But um, you can change his expression: happy, sad, angered. Like you can use the D pad or whatever. So it's kind of it's funny. It's totally unnecessary. But can you see Link's hands like he's holding the no. picture? But oh. you can't see that with a phone either. Like, look at selfies on Instagram. Well, yeah, you see, like, a sliver of green next to him, which I think is supposed to be his shoulder reaching up, but you don't really... Yeah. But as I coined on Twitter the other day, they really should be calling this Linkstagram because it's Link and it's Instagram, and I'm I, I'm so proud of that awful, awful, awful pun. And I'm gonna, I swear, to the day I die, I will defend Linkstagram as a thing that should exist. <laughs> and I can tell everyone's on board by this deafening silence. <laughs> yeah, I really have no comment. Yeah, I just love the pun. I'm sorry, uh, but in general, this is so silly. Like the selfie thing is so silly. It's ridiculous. That's kind of awesome. Like I know I'm gonna play with it a little. Like it's <laughs> a just little. Like, more than a little. I'm gonna spend like eight hours. Like Pikmin. Yeah, I play with the camera and Pikmin way too much. But uh, beyond selfies and beyond hero mode, Wind Waker is also gonna have uh, tingles now. Managed. So for you, like the adventures, just like the side stuff. This is like the Legend of Zelda selfies. Yeah, it's the Legend of Zelda. The Legend of Zelda. The Legend of Zelda. The Legend of Zelda. Selfies HD. That's pretty much. Wind selfie. Selfie waker. Selfie waker. Waking up. Link selfie taking skills. And just woke up. Yeah. Just woke up. LOL. Hashtag. Uh, I don't know. Hashtag. Hyrule Sunrise. I'm still in my PJs in the beginning of the game. But you know there's going to be so many where people are like, they're at Ganon, and it's like, just could go take care of this mofo, hashtag Ganon dead, instead of Ganondorf or something. Ganondork. Ganondork, yeah. Ganondork, uh, hashtag uh, swag, hashtag, uh, hashtag Triforce swag. Yeah, you know it's going to be awesome. Oh, there's going to be so many people on Miiverse doing stuff like that. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, beyond that, I don't even know well, how to... already have, well, Photoshop, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know how to, like, transition from that, but I'm gonna try. So, uh, other things in Wind Waker, besides sort, Triforce swag, is, um, <laughs> Tingle's now mandatory part of the story. You have to go to his island. That's probably how Tingle Balls are activated. So he's, like, <laughs> he's actually a part of the game now. Tingle Balls? No. 
<laughs> bottles. <laughs> oh, okay. Bottles. I said bottles. I said bottles. No, you said. I said, said bottles. bottles. Whatever. Tingle bottles. <laughs> Tingle bottles. Bottles. You know, bottles. Like what you put soda in or milk in or something. Bottles. Yeah. 99 of them on the wall. Pat, take one out, pass it around. Bottles. Uh-huh. Anyway, so um, you meet. You have to meet Tingle, the, um, the mysterious castle, which is one of the coolest moments in the original Wind Waker, because it is in black and white. It is really kind of like, to me, it's one of the coolest moments. Like the black, how it switched to black and white and everything. Now it's sepia tone. I don't know what to think about that. I'll, I guess I'll wait till I actually play it. But, put sunglasses on. Yeah, it's like they put on the Ray-Bans or something, but... Yeah, and they're also the Triforce quest, how it works now. It is faster because it used to be you have to, for, there's eight pieces you collect, you have to pay Tingle 201 rupees each time you want a new piece, and he tells you where to go. I know, you find a map, take it yeah. to Tingle, right. pay, and, go get the Triforce. No. But yeah, you had to do that eight times for each piece. Yeah. Now, five of them, you don't need to do that, you just go get it. And only three require you to talk to Tingle and pay and do the back and forth. Yeah, so that means so five, it's streamlined. Maps, five maps are translated, right? Already. I don't know. They didn't say how. They just said five of them. You can go directly to it. That, that, I mean, that's the it would have to be tra- translated, yeah, from Hylian into or whatever. Well, yeah, that, that means five of them have to already be translated or something. Or maybe they've just yeah. Because I mean, yeah, because because yeah. I, I, I doubt they have the. I thought they would change the location of the Triforce. It's just no. What they're probably gonna do is it's gonna be like instead of like translate. I wouldn't be surprised if just pieces of the map are missing and they have to go get the pieces by paying instead of paying for the translation. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, here's a map. It says there's eight, but there's only five displayed. Go talk to Tingle. He can help. Because it'd be weird to be like, here's a half-translated map. Half well, of it's in English. Half of it isn't. Well, no, because um, in the game, there were eight maps. That's why I just assumed oh, oh, when, oh, when you get the map from the treasure chest, it just told you where it was. Right. And there's going to be three of them that you're going to say, wait, I can't read it. Why not? Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You said, no, you missed. Oh, yeah, yeah there's one, one map. You're right. Yeah. But, well, we'll so find out. Do you out. have to play it like that, or can you play it uh, That one you do. Everything else is optional like oh, selfies and uh, well it's because of all the complaints but people can't handle they're it. not hardcore enough. yeah people can't handle it but i mean we'll find out for ourselves exactly how triforce fetch quest works when the game comes out in october look at me recapping or summarizing <laughs> one thing that's also coming in october uh and also is wind waker related is we are getting a wind waker wii u bundle it's um it's gonna be a spin on the current 32 gig bundle the black bundle it's, uh, it's going to come a copy of the game in a special edition Wii U. A Target employee originally leaked it to Destructoid to report on it because they saw it in their database. And then Nintendo themselves leaked it when they put up the, her- the Hero trailer. <laughs> trailer. Wait, the Hero Mode trailer. There we go. For Wind Waker HD because at the end they show the console. And basically it's a normal Wii U, but the gamepad is like embroidery around the bottom and the top the edges. Yeah, it looks just like the 3DS. Yeah, so it has like the little... Yeah. It has, like, little, like, squiggly lines, and there's a Triforce, you know, the, the emblem with the wings under the NFC logo. Around the home button, there's these little frilly, curly Q things. It looks nice, but it's, like, I don't know. I know some people are going to be like, oh, I have to get it because I love Zelda and whatnot, and I love special edition consoles. But this is why, this is the downside of having a gamepad not I'm sold sure separately. You could, I'm pretty sure you could find a custom something you could put, like a decal you could put on your... But it's not the same as having it from Nintendo. Oh, yeah, but... Like, because Skyward Sword, they did this with the Wii Remote, and it worked great. The yeah, gold Wii the... Remote's awesome. But, and the concept of, like, oh, a custom controller, that's cool for Zelda, that's cool. But it's not quite like a handheld, where you're just like, I'll buy a new handheld. Like, right now, the Wii, you can't transfer between systems, and, like I said, it's the downside of having a, ma- a controller not sold separately, because someone can't just go, I'll go buy a new gamepad and have it as a secondary controller... I have so to go spend gonna, $350 again. So they were going to do a new console, they might as well just make the whole console gold. 
Yeah, it's like they they like halfway did it. It's like oh well, not they, even halfway. They did it as if they were treating it like a special edition controller, like they do a Skyward Sword. But then they're like, oh right, we have to put a three hundred dollar console or three hundred fifty dollar console. There's nothing different it. about the actual console itself. No, it's right? the same. by the picture. Yeah, it looks exactly the same. So dude, they should at least have a giant Triforce on it or, or something. something, or do like gold. Anything really? Anything. Yeah, a gold. It's like a really cheap way for them to have a special edition console. But I think that Nintendo's probably looking at it as we're gonna have a Zelda bundle and we'll throw in this little extra embroidery on the controller. While we're looking at it as Nintendo's doing a special controller and there happens to be a game included with it. So I think it's just different perspectives. But yeah, I, I wish they did more with it. Or so, they sold the gamepad separately, as they've been saying they eventually will do. And then you can just get the goal or the Zelda gamepad. But they actually get the game? Yeah, it comes with, it's instead of Nintendo Land. So it's not... It's going to be 350 bucks. You get the console, the special controller, and Wind Waker. Well, I mean, maybe so it's not downloaded no. into the game. I, well, actually, maybe. I don't know if it's physical or not. Nintendo hasn't announced it. Destructoid only has a... Skew for it in their data, like in Target's database. Yeah. They don't know what's in the box. Maybe the packaging will be cool. Even then, though, like three hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> so people already have a Wii U, like. And now on top there's of gonna, that, there's gonna be one person who buys it. Oh no, I know. Two I know. Wii U's. Well, here's the thing. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people are gonna buy it. I know one of our listeners actually is planning to buy it, and I don't blame him. It, it's cool if you're a Zelda fan. It's cool as a special edition thing, but it's just kind of like. Uh, I think it just sucks that you have to buy a whole. Yeah, like I thought the the 3ds one wasn't. I don't know. I don't vaguely remember it, but I remember yeah, it, was it was the same just thing. a border. It was black with a border. But it had Because it, the border's only on the bottom half. So I remember no, there's a little on the top. Oh. Very little. But See, it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's barely, it's barely there. It's like they kind of just did that. I can. They went, we should do a Zelda bundle. Ah, let's put something on the controller while we're at it. Instead of going, let's do a special controller. Oh, wait, we have to put it in a bundle. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, the train of thought yeah. was, let's do a Zelda bundle. How can we differentiate it besides the game? We'll just throw some stickers on yeah. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just underwhelmed. The th- yeah, I'm, under, I'm a little underwhelmed, too, but I can understand why people might be interested. The thing I don't understand is how Nintendo plans on doing this without currently offering a Wii U to Wii U system transfer function. Unless it's coming in the late September oh, or early true. October update. Because, like, in the case of our listener, who I know is probably getting it, um, he's stuck. He can't move the stuff over. Like, he has two systems. I mean, another option is you can take your new gamepad, pair it to your old system, and then sell the old gamepad in the new system back to GameStop, and they'll sell it as used. That would be the thing, too. But that's very... I don't know. I feel like a system-to-system transfer is the right way of doing it, not, like, mix and matching old and no, new hardware. No, I don't mean, think that makes more sense. Just I mean, if you're buying a second one, the consoles are identical. But you have no... I mean, unless you have a... a but 30, the thing... A 5-gig one or whatever. 8-gig. 8-gig one. 8-gig. Oh, the basic? Yeah, then it's white. Everything's I, I, white. Fine. I guess because of that, I think... Well, I mean, that makes sense, but I just feel like it's weird to take a brand new console and go to GameStop and like, give it to them and they sell it as used. I mean, the console's it. fine, but the controller's the old one. Like, it's weird because you have a controller that could potentially be beaten up or be used or have issues with a console that's untouched. Like, that just seems weird to me. Okay. But, I don't know. Hopefully Nintendo rolls out a system transfer. On the 3DS side... They're also doing a special edition in October for Pokemon X and Y. They're going to do, according to the same Target employee who talked to Destructoid, they're going to have uh, blue and red 3DS XL bundles that come with X and Y for, you know, the usual $200 price. So, just just for Pokemon fans. Is it going to be the same thing like the Pelican Diago DSs? No idea. No idea which game's going to be with which console. No idea what design will be on the console. All I know is, all Destructoid knows from that Target employee and all I know as a result is color. I mean, that's what I would assume. And, yeah. Decal, the legendary. Probably. But all that's known for sure is color and the fact that there is a game hacked in for the base price of 200 Already downloaded? Inside yeah, the probably. They always yeah, do that with 3DS. Yeah, 3DS that's what Animal Crossing was like. So, definitely. Oh, right. 
But uh, those aren't the only special editions happening, though. On third-party side, Sonic Lost World's getting a special edition. Not a console, but a special version of the game. Well, I didn't get the console and, like, all blue and... Oh, man, dude, I would be okay with, like, an electric blue Wii U. That'd look kind of cool. It'd be kind of like... Well, I'd be really be showing up Zelda. Yeah, but but I wouldn't want, like, I wouldn't necessarily... the processor is faster? (laughs) It has blast processing. It'd have to have blast processing. That's the only way it would work. They'd advertise it as the Wii U with blast processing, and you'd have a big blast processing emblem and everything. You guys do get what I'm referencing, right? Yeah. Okay. It's just very quiet. Uh, well, <laughs> well, I didn't think it was that lame of a reference. Anyway, uh, so with Lost World, what they're doing is, it's actually very reminiscent of Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed, where when the game first came out, it had a special edition, and the box had slightly different art on it that said special edition, and it came with some extra content. And it was only the first run of the game. After that, the special edition stuff wasn't available unless, I think, DLC? You could pay for it? Yeah, it was it's yeah. So what they're doing with Sonic Lost World is exactly the same. If you pre-order or if you get a first-run copy of the game, you get the uh, Deadly Six edition, which will have different artwork completely, like totally different artwork, on the box, and uh, come with a bonus Nightmare DLC pack. And this Nightmare, or, yeah, Nightmare DLC is not just Nightmare because it sounds bad, but Nightmare because it's referencing Night in, Nights into Dreams, the classic Genesis game. So the level, it'll be one level... One bonus level where you're Sonic fighting this deadly six who are all riding different beasts and you go one by one and kill them. And when you beat it, you get access to a special new color power that Ooh. will only be obtainable normally through some Miiverse interaction, transaction deal. So, you get, it's a little perk that you get for the main game, plus you get this level you can access it at any time, any point in Sonic Lost where you don't have to wait to unlock it or anything. It's there from the second you turn on the game. It's like a nice little bonus for those you know, early adopters. Cool. More stuff yeah. to do. Exactly. Totally and then and then after that, they'll, of course, release his DLC. Like, you get a redemption code with the game. It's not on disc. You have to download it day one. But, you know, it's actually... I think... I, do you think this is the best way to handle um, day one DLC? Because it is day one DLC. They have it available for download on the first day, but it's free to those who buy on day one. Yes, because since they're making it beforehand, mm-hmm. like pre, like preempting it, at least they're giving you a chance to get it for free. Yeah. So basically, all the hardcore people will still get rewarded for it. Everyone that doesn't care, well, they don't care. So yeah, I, I'm I completely agree. Yeah, I think that's this is how you should this is how you should always do. Yeah, day it's, one it's, it's better than saying like, oh, we have day one DLC coming, but you still have to buy it day one. Yeah. I mean, because it works on like. I'd, ra- I'd rather them just not tell me that they're making day one DLC, even if they have it planned. Yeah. And just tell me like three months later, then. And that would be three month DLC instead of day one yeah, DLC. I mean, it's, the, it's yeah. better than. Yeah, I agree. But and because then you could think like, oh, yeah, they're probably then, working on it. Yeah, because yeah, then you have a feeling of incompleteness when you're playing. Yeah, the yeah. I mean, exactly. And plus, the advantage of this is not only like what you were saying. Yeah, it rewards those hardcore early adopters and the true fans. But they have the other flip side of it's also like a nice. It can also act like a pre order bonus that has no retail restrictions. It's, it's retailer agnostic. It's, you know, it doesn't require anyone to put down a deposit that the retailer gets to benefit from, but Sega doesn't really get any money off of. Because, you know, when you give five bucks to GameStop, they're making money off those five dollars when it sits in the bank for those months upon months that they wait for the game to come out. You give them five bucks and it has interest on it, and it'll make them, you know, a couple cents here, a couple cents there. And when you add all the people that pre-order stuff, they're making a lot of money off your money just sitting there in the developer. (laughs) And all the publishers get out of that is some idea... Of what their sales will be and how many copies to ship. Like, they don't, I don't think they get any of that money. So, it's smart of Sega to be like, well, we don't care about pre order deposit amounts. We'll just anyone that buys it at first, those are the true fans, they will get it as a reward, just like you said, Jose. So, it actually reminds me a lot of uh, they did this sort of similar thing with Mar- New Super Mario Bros. 2 on the 3DS when they first launched DLC. If you guys recall, I don't remember if it was free or super discounted. I think they had one free DLC pack for a month 
So all the early mm. adopters got... Yeah, they had one DLC pack for free. Yeah, and all the early adopters were able to get it, and it was like a reward for them. Like, hey guys, thanks for supporting us. Here you go. And then those who might buy the game later... When was that the oldies one? Yeah. And those who might buy the game later, when it's, you know, discounted or through some yeah. other means, they'll just, if they want, they can pay extra. So it, it, it's a smart strategy, I think. I think you're absolutely right, Jose, that this is the way to go. Um, yeah, so, so that's... What? It's so hot in here. It is kind of warm in here. Should oh. we turn off, man? No, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> we go through. We'll die. Just uh, you're both wearing um, competing shirts. Yeah, I'm wearing Nintendo and he's wearing Sony. And this is where we stop being friends. I'm sorry. It's cool. Sony please, better. please leave the pocket. No, okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we, that Sonic Lost World's one of uh, two third-party games that we got new info on. The other being Call of Duty Ghosts, which hits Wii U on November 5th. And uh, Activision had, I, I kind of can't believe they did this. They did a live stream multiplayer unveiling. They had a stage show to unveil multiplayer only that they put on like <laughs> Twitch TV and game trailers and all that. Well, people really do only buy Call Well, I would say only, mainly for the multiplayer, yeah. so it makes sense. Yeah, but it's just like kind of, I mean, this is up there in ridiculous factor with having an expo dedicated to Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 two years ago, Call of Duty XP. I went because Kanye was there and I couldn't turn down a Kanye concert for that price. And it was cool. They did a really good job. But it's just like, really, guys, do you need to have a giant three-day expo to show off the they multiplayer the mode? They do. But it says something that they and, only and did they, that and, one and year. they have to assert their, mm. their quote-unquote authority over the whole multiplayer. Yeah. They have to be where the bat, yeah. I, although, because, I mean, yeah, they, after Halo, I mean, Halo did it first, and then... Halo was the go-to multiplayer now. It's called Duty, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But so what they announced, actually, to be honest, even with the ridiculous event, they did announce some interesting shakeups for Ghosts that kind of make me a little interested. Uh, this one is more of a surface level change, but it's one that was a long time coming and has been requested forever. And that's that uh, they're now female soldiers in mean, the one you're interested in? Mm. I don't care. I'm going to play as a guy regardless. But they're female soldiers. Um, Activision claims it took them so long to do this. It's been requested for years. And I was like, why is the game only of men? That's unfair to the women that are serving abroad and, you know, here in real life. That, how can they all get represented? And uh, Activision says it's due to technological challenges that they couldn't do it, which sounds kind of ridiculous. They're claiming, well, the female character models are a different build. Like, their bodies physically are different, different proportion, different sizes and everything. So yeah. the hitboxes have to be different sizes for when you shoot them, but you have to keep it fair against the male ones, because they have different hitboxes, and we want to be accurate. I could see that. It's like, guys, you could just have the hitboxes be the same, and just have the... Like, just give the women extra no, uh, padding I know, that's on like, their the, armor the, the only, or something. The only time I could see that, like, making a discrepancy would be yeah. in headshots, because, I mean, if they want to go with average height, if a woman is a lot shorter, and yeah. you shoot above them, you're going to be shooting nothing, but the yeah. woman still dies. Yeah, that's that's the one thing, and I don't know how they address that directly. But... That's it, so, I mean, that means they just have to make them either... All the, all, all the women... I mean, they have to make yeah. them all the same height. Yeah, they probably will, but so, even, so even that... Or, or like, if they want to do the height discrepancy... Oh, no, well, that's it. So that's just something they're probably just doing. Like, yeah. Do we want to make all the men shorter, or all the women... Like, that's all, not all a debate. That should not take no, no, two I'm saying what would possibly cause it. I'm not saying it's Good or bad. Not only that, though, but, like, what if they did want to keep the, the height difference? That's fine. Just give... Put the... Have the women where they wear their helmets have, like, night vision goggles on top of their helmet. And that's something that, like, would count as part of the hitbox. It wouldn't make much sense, but it would resolve the issue and get people to stop complaining for two uh, years. There's a lot of enough hilarious ways to get killed. I saw a video where yeah, somebody like, got, like, a knife fell on his leg and it just killed Yeah, him. and it kills him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, the game's already kind of arcadey in that regard, so it's not that weird to be like, we'll just put night vision goggles in yeah. those counts. I know, but I think if you hit any part of them... Yeah, it's it's like, goggles. it's such a dumb excuse, but it's good that they finally addressed it. And they're they're doing it in a very marketing-savvy, like a very 
smart way where it's not just like, oh, there's women now. It's like, by the way, we have a new custom character builder. Not only do you put, do your soldiers' weapon li- uh, loadout, you also make the, you pick how they look. Speaking of looks, you can now pick if he looks like a guy or a girl because, yes, we have gender. It's like, guys, you clearly were waiting for years to roll out mm-hmm. this exciting new feature. Like, that's why they didn't have women soldiers because they're waiting, they're waiting for them to run out of real new things to add and they threw in women as a new thing as part of a custom character builder. So... I don't know. I, I think it's good that they finally did it, but it's kind of ridiculous that for two years, like, oh, it's so impossible, and now suddenly you're like, oh, you know we have it now because we had this custom character builder. It's like, no, that's not why you have it now. That's why you waited to do it till now. Well, I guess it doesn't matter but, at this point when they release it. Like, they're going to get bashed this way or the other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. No, they should just... Uh, honestly, well, I think they should have done. I never thought we'd have a conversation about, like, gender fairness. On, on, I mean, when like, should it... Like, Nintendo's pretty fair, so I don't even think we'd ever... But, um... Well, yeah, what they, they should have done is the puzzle panel. They should have, <laughs> I mean, they should have done it from like the first. Yes, month. the the women of Nintendo have a puzzle panel. <laughs> and they should have done it from the first. <laughs> Street pass. Yeah, to tell us fair, Mario and Luigi get like five puzzle panels. The guys get like five. Samus gets one, and the women of Nintendo, which is a conglomerate, like, <laughs> all a get, one. get one to panel together. Yes, <laughs> Nintendo. But no, Nintendo. Nintendo's actually making some pretty big moves in terms of like having an equal number of male and female characters. Lots of they. Lots of people have noted that like. All their games coming out this year have playable female characters when they might not have. Dixie's back in Donkey Kong. Peach is playable for the first time in forever in uh, Mario 3D World. Obviously, they have all the female characters in Mario Kart. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Most people play Animal Crossing something that's not even a human in the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, like, they're, they're being more... Because there have been complaints. Even Nintendo tends to lean more towards male playable characters, which is true of the industry as a whole. Because, you know, the industry, at least till more recently, was very... Male oriented and male driven. As it should. So. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like half of gamers are women now, so it's only fair that they do this. I don't know. No, really, half. Isn't it statistically more? I think it's statistically more now because of mobile devices. Yeah, I think it's 51% or 52%. Oh. But still, yeah, so I can understand. I don't see them anywhere. <laughs> You're not looking hard enough, I guess. But uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so back to your point. Jose, about how oh, no, no matter what, Activision would have gotten crap whenever it, they did this. They right? should have just done it at the first Modern Warfare. Exactly. They should have just done it the second people complained. we like, sure, we'll put it in next year. Like, it's not that hard, guys. Well, also, but, yeah, it had to have been, yeah. Yeah. It, the complaint's only a couple years old, because the whole, like, sexism in video games debate is fairly new. Wait, so they didn't talk since Modern Warfare? Probably, but it wasn't, like, a very loud complaint. Like, it wasn't a very vocal thing until these past couple uh, years where sexism in gaming has, like, skyrocketed in terms of, like, attention it's been getting. In part because, like, even though the games is like, okay, sure, you can only play as a guy that I can understand why people would be unhappy about that, but it's like, whatever, it's not you, it's a character you're playing, whatever. But now the sexism is kind of transferring to, like, things that happen at events. Like, there's been all sorts of stories about people, guys, treating women badly at, like, gaming events and whatnot. So they're trying <laughs> um, to yeah. sway it back to being fairer because that, you know, that shouldn't happen. Like, that's really unfair to women. Like, they're there for the same yeah, reason we're there. Ridiculous stories about from yeah, and, and like, everyone's there for the same reason, to enjoy whatever it is they're geeking out about, so there's no reason to, like, ruin someone's experience. Anyway, that's because like, the same equivalent to, like, a girl taking a guy to a Ross. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has no. to sit down and... No, like, no. <laughs> but no, but I'm saying these girls that are going to these events want to be there. It's not like the guy being dragged to Ross or a, or a girl being dragged to some event she doesn't want to go to and then just kind of rolling her eyes about it. Or the guy going to Ross and being like, I'm just going to sit here on my phone. Go do whatever. <laughs> Ross, of all places, really? You couldn't give him a Forever like 21. Macy's or Forever 21 or like maybe high-end like Saks Fifth Avenue. You had to be Ross. Anyway. Wow. Anyway. First thing that came well, to mind. <laughs> 
Don't talk to play one more. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's awful is that joke came out real. It sounded like you were saying something totally different because we were talking about women and it just went straight to dogs. But yes. Oh. No, that's true. Not dogs, that independently of women, dogs and not in any relation, I swear, dogs are also playable because that's super unfair. Dogs are also playable in multiplayer for Call of Duty. Wait, is that a kill streak or is I it... have no idea. I just saw footage of them running around and like, cool dogs. Because it would be kind of cool, like... They had them as kill streaks, but you didn't control them. But you can control mini RC cars and stuff that bombs on them, so probably it's kill streaks. Like, it's not oh. that... Like, they were kill streaks, but they were automatically sicked on the opponent and you just watched. No, yeah, 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 I get you. So, I can see them doing that. But more interestingly than even the dogs is they're adding all sorts of new multiplayer modes. And I think that's what I this is what really actually made me interested and that's that uh, they're doing one thing that's kind of cool is a spe- it's basically like a capture flag on speed it's called blitz mode <laughs> and how it works is you go straight to your enemy's base or try and get there and the second you touch their base you're teleported back and your team gets a point like there's no chasing them down getting the flag back making sure it's almost like you just run and do a touchdown and they go run and do another touchdown and you just keep going so it's like a lot more frantic like you have to make sure you have good defenses set up you have to block them before they can even get there you, you mm. can't have holes in your defense, so to speak. Because, you know, or else yeah, you get yeah. the points. So that's one mode. And they're also doing this thing called squads now, which I don't remember being in Black Ops 2. I'm pretty sure it's new. And that's kind of like a scaled-down miniature multiplayer. So squads, you can either play solo, cooperatively, or competitively. And they have multiple modes. Some modes are one-on-one, where it's you and a team of five computer-controlled squad mates against another guy and his five squad mates. There's cooperative, where it's you're working with up to five people, six in total if you count yourself, as a squad against other um, AI squads, or there's head-to-head where it's your squad versus other squads online. So it's like the clan system, but like scaled down to just your really close friends. <laughs> so that could actually be really cool. Yeah, like it sounds if, like if, it'd be fun. Yeah, that could be really fun. Like, that's like a nice twist on the Call of Duty formula that I feel like they kind of desperately needed. Because like the, the free-for-alls and all those were getting a little tire- tiresome. Oh. I mean, they're on their seventh year. Like, that's a lot of Call of Duty. So at least they're mixing it up. But And as far and as like... It's still what people play the most. It is. Yeah, and as far as I can tell, all this is coming to Wii U. Like all a, these features, so. Um, this reminds me of, like, when I was playing all the Cybertron online, online, there was a lot of really fun modes that weren't Team Deathmatch, but right. there was only, like, 30, 40 people playing those, and there's, like, like 100 or more. I mean, yeah. there weren't that many people playing Fallout Cybertron to begin with. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah no, I know what you people are. Like, even you could give them, like, a really fun new mode, but it's always going to be Team Deathmatch in the end. Yeah, but I wonder, like, but that's kind of the nice thing about squads. It doesn't have to be a lot of people. If you and a couple of your friends get together, there you go. It's awesome. Yeah, and you could play, even if there's not people to play against, they have a bot option where you're the co- competitive one. I mean, cooperative one where you're playing against the computer, so you at least have that. So it is pretty cool. And I'm, and from my understanding, with squads, it'd be like, you and your five friends, you'd probably be on separate systems and be playing against the same set of bots. So... But, uh, yeah, it's, like I was saying, as far as I can tell, it's all coming to Wii U when it hits on November 5th. Uh, and it sounds really cool. It actually kind of made me more interested in Ghost, because I was like, I have Black Ops 2, it's fun, but I don't play it well, a I ton. You had it. Yeah, I don't play it a ton, so it's kind of like, do I need Ghost? But Squad sounds kind of neat. The single-player stuff they're doing, like Underwater and all those somewhat do- dogs and all that somewhat gimmicky stuff, sounds kind of nice, I guess. Like, it's, if I'm buying it, it's like, okay, that's cool. But I wouldn't go buy it for that reason. But the question with Wii U becomes... Will the online community be there? Because Black Ops 2, that's part of the reason I didn't play it very much, is the online community was kind of small. So, even with all this cool new stuff, if online's weak, it's kind of a hindrance to Ghosts as a whole. So, we'll see. Yeah. But, but it's something something I'm definitely keeping an eye on. I don't, I don't know. Have, are you interested in getting Ghosts at all, either of you? Probably for PS3. Well, yeah, you don't count, though, because of that. <laughs> Jose? <laughs> 
Probably not release date. <laughs> but eventually, maybe. Maybe. By the time I by the time I get around to maybe getting it, the next one will probably be out. Yeah. Well, that's what's happening with Black Ops 2. You're like, I might buy Black Ops 2, and now Ghost is two months away. Yeah, this two months many, away. I don't know. I can only do like a game a month for me usually, so yeah. it doesn't really work. See, I don't play my games much to begin with, so I can just keep... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have this horrible habit. We've kind of referenced this on a show before, but I never outright said I have this horrible habit of I really enjoy the games that I get, and I play them for a while, but then I just drop them completely. Like, it's just like I get sidetracked by other games, or just by like... I like, like I feel like I'm more of a pundit of Nintendo than a player of Nintendo. Like, I'm like a lot of the sports analysts, but for other games. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, like, here I am going through all this analysis of all this stuff right now on the show, and I'm going to go back and be like... I'll play an hour of Mario and Luigi, sure. So I'm only like however many hours in when I could be doing that, opposed to like reading up all this industry, reading up on all this industry stuff and getting all excited about the future. I could be playing in the present, but whatever. That's what I like doing. So, <laughs> but as a result, yeah, I, some games I don't get as far as I would like. But uh, one game I'm sure I'm gonna play a ton. Check out that transition. One game I'm sure I'm gonna play an absolute ton is the new Super Smash Bros. If it's not by myself, then against you guys all the time, probably. You're gonna be playing my copy of Smash Bros. a lot, but it'd still be Smash Bros. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm for, that's what that's what. I know you're. Sad. I know you're probably, you're probably gonna make no progress. Then. No, it's really sad because like my Wii U, no one comes to my house to play. We always come here to you, Jose. So my Wii U has like you should invite no. Us. I should invite you. you never right. do. Yeah, you're right. But it's just because we've fallen into this routine of coming here. But anyway. He, that's not the point. The point is, <laughs> the point is that like my Wii U has like so such low multiplayer stats on like everything. Like Game <laughs> Mario, I think I've only done multiplayer at my house once. Like I played it here a bunch, but it's just like it's sad. Nintendo like, I, feel Land like, I feel like yeah, yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo Land is really low. I feel like my uh, I feel like my Wii U like whenever it sees me, if it was like a dog, let's let's say it was a dog, its tail would be wagging like crazy the second it sees me. But then it sees I just walk by, and its head and its tail slowly stops wagging. And its head goes down. And it looks really sad. And it shuffles away to a corner and, and, and curls up in a ball and goes to sleep. You just play with your roommates. You, sure. No. They, no. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> back to Smash Bros. Um, yeah, so they announced a new stage for Smash Bros. This is Super Smash Bros. for Wii U and 3DS. I believe it's going to be in both versions. Um, via Monster Hero Sakurai. It might just be the console one because that's a console game. That is true. Matsuhiro Sakurai, uh, as he's been doing, he's been posting Miiverse updates with screenshots, and this one screenshot is like, oh, by the way, here's a Metroid Other M stage. And the stage looks identical, almost, almost, to the Dead or Alive Dimensions bonus Metroid stage. Same setting, same, like, platform. It's just square instead probably of round. It probably is. It probably is. It's probably just up res Nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. It's a fun stage. And the cool thing about Dead... As long as it doesn't have Rising Lava, which it probably will... It looks like it does. I would prefer... There's lava in there's the background. Two, almost like 90% of Metro stages have had rising lava. Yeah, it's a thing. I, I don't even... This I haven't one played a Metroid game where rising lava is like... What? The game. All the escape sequences. That's what it's referencing. It's not rising lava. It's like a countdown to the earth to the Right, but exploding. how do they count down to the level exploding? They don't, so they have the no, lava. That's it. They could have just not... I know there is rising lava in... No, never said there never was. There I'm, is. I'm trying to remember which one. I played it, and I remember... I played it after Smash Bros. I remember thinking, oh, this is where they got it from. Oh, it's going to drive crazy. It's one of the old. Uh-huh. It's I don't remember, but it's one of the Metroids exactly. for sure. It's not a memorable thing. When I think Metro, I don't think Rising Lava, except in Smash Brothers. That's all I think. <laughs> but yeah, this one will probably have it. And one other thing they probably. I mean, they in. have that Metroid Prime stage that I thought was really cool, and blah. and then it had Rising Lava. No, no, that one didn't have Rising Lava. The one. With, oh, that one flipped the, the upside one with down. The, par- the one with the parasite. Queen. That flipped upside down. Like I don't know. Like they, they, there's lots of things they could do. They don't have to do Rising Lava. Then maybe they won't. Well, one thing they are doing. They do Fendrana drifts. Everyone. One thing they are drifts. doing. One thing they are the, doing. The snow place. Yeah. One thing they are doing though, for sure. 
also kind of lifted straight out of the Dead or Alive stage for Metroid is uh, there will be, they're only saying an enemy, but an enemy will visit the stage in the background and Ridley. interact with yeah, Ridley. Ridley. It has well, to be Ridley. Be? Exactly. No, besides but, um, Mother Brain, maybe, but how would that work? Just okay. a giant brain pops up behind you and goes like, hi guys, and like grabs you. Like, it doesn't well, make it, sense. If it's um, Super Metroid Mother Brain, it could do that. Yeah, but still, I feel like it's kind of like, like uh, Ridley really makes sense. Ridley swoops in, he grabs someone, whatever, because oh, yeah. they'll interact with the stage. And there was that stage but, in Melee with Crave that wasn't Rising Lava. It was just a giant stage yeah. that flipped around also. No, that's not Melee. That's yeah. Brawl. That's Brawl. No. The flip stage is Brawl. No, the one in Melee did too. Crave came out of the background, he just smashed the stage. It was like a giant sphere. You're right. You're right. I well, so I guess like Metro stages are either flipping themselves over or Rising Lava. It's something where the bad guys interact in some way, and this one's no different because he says there is going to be an enemy doing something. If it's like Dimensions, it'll be you throw an enemy and then... Yeah, the, the, the enemy gets you hit throw off your stage. opponent and the enemy catches it and does and like rams yeah. it into the wall. But considering that usually how you get killed and Daryl, yeah, Daryl, yeah, Daryl and Brawl have different. Yeah, really, uh, might just come out and shoot some stuff at you and or something for sure. Something. Yeah, but um, you, you know what's weird about this? Like, I thought this was cool. You seem to think this is. Cool. I know. I, I, like I don't get a lot of people on the internet were like, oh, no, not other M. Don't allude to that game. Oh no, and we're like freaking out. Like, I understand that other M. A lot of people didn't like. I personally thought it was fun, but a lot of people are like, this isn't Metroid enough. The story's too. Yeah, the story was a bit weird. The story drags it down too much. It doesn't. It's not true enough to Metroid. Samus is too much of a wimp in this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But regardless, it is official canon. It is part of the general storyline. Samus in Brawl is mo- I mean in New Smash Bros is modeled after other M's Samus. So why did it, looks, I think it looks cool. really slick. Very, yeah. yeah, very sleek. I don't understand why people the are <laughs> indeed the rivets. But I don't understand why people are like, oh no, the stage is from other M. What else would it be from? They've done other Metroid games already. It makes sense. It's just like Skyward Sword has a has a stage in the Wii version of Smash Bros. It yeah, does. and it's the most recent one, too. Maybe. Yeah, and Phantom Hourglass, the most recent handheld Zelda at the time of Smash Bros. started development, it has a stage on the 3DS one. So why would other M yeah. not have a stage? It doesn't make sense. I Even still if, have to play the game. For one reason or another, I never got it's only, it. It was it. five bucks at Best Buy for like two years. And I kept telling you, just go buy it. And you're like, nah. And you, still, now you're like, I wish I did. So well, I'm just going to say, I told you so. You should have bought it. It'll be pretty fun. It'll be five bucks again soon enough. No, they might have sold out of their inventory. No, it was five bucks to clear the inventory. No, they still have a bunch every time it goes. It's really? And they're forty nine ninety nine. They went back up? That's weird. When they're not five bucks, they're fifty bucks. That makes zero sense from best from like <laughs> anyone's perspective, but whatever. Oh, Durek a price match. But it probably won't be back to good. No. Yeah. But um yes, yeah, so I don't know. I think the internet just over- had a bit of a knee jerk reaction to the other M stage, which is kind of disappointing because the stage could be cool. Like, it makes sense. It's not like it, it fits the theme it's of It's not Smash like the Bros. stage is going to have, like, narration. Or yeah, it's not like the stage is going to be... Wait a minute. The stage is in Brawl did, though. It's not... Meeting. I doubt this stage in the middle of a fight is going to fade to black and Samus will go, like... The general's like my father. He's there for me when I need him. And he disciplines me as needed as well. It's a love-hate relationship. Like, she's not going to do that yeah, in the middle of the... Ge- she's not going to do that during Smash Bros. like she does in uh, other M's. Do you think so. they'll do that, what they did in Brawl? Where they have, like, Samus is under fire. She needs your help. And then, <laughs> then the music continues. No, no. What they're gonna do is everyone that gets on the stage, it'll be like, Samus, you're not. I don't think you're mentally ready to handle your weaponry, and you lose all your moves, and you just stand there and face each other and just taunt, and the whole match is just taunting. Whoever taunts the most, whoever button mashes the taunt button, <laughs> that's gonna be the whole stage. But no, it's just uh, 
I don't know, I just think it's so silly that they're in that I don't know, but other than that, the stage itself just looks really good. It, it does. It makes the characters look really good. It like, does. Like, Bowser looks... And this is based on a single screenshot. Yeah, like, like, so like, yeah, Bowser's the lighting. Look, yeah, it just looks so good. I'm like, wow. It's like, totally the lighting. It's the fact that it has that dynamic, like, bl- like the lighting, the lines coming from below because of the lava. Yeah. So it looks like really cool dynamic and shadowing. lava. Yeah. Yeah, the lava. But uh, Smash Bros. actually isn't the only game that might be coming fighting game that might be coming to Wii U. What? I know. We kind of, we mentioned this at the top of the show and Alice was all Pokemon. excited to talk about it. Yeah, Pokemon. Sounds like there might be a Pokemon fighting game on the way. That's the rumor based on some very, very... Is that the concept art that was released? Yeah, something? very specific evidence that would point that to Lucario it. That and Blaziken? So, here, yeah. here's, the, here's that art. Here's the backstory. So, the rumors did spur from that art specifically. So, what happened was um, at Pokemon Game Expo, which was this weekend long expo in japan where they showed x and y playable for the first time and it's this huge thing they cards and everything you know train card battles and everything and they did this cool very cool retrospective of pikachu walking through like these like monuments of all the old pokemon games by the way the video itself is just awesome it's like it's about three minutes long pikachu like walking through like a field of like it looks like like a destroyed city but they're like game boys and game cubes and, <laughs> and they're all playing the games on their screens it's just like oh it's so cool but um, it ended, so it ends, it fades to black, and then for a split second, some static appears, and then this image of Lucario and Blaziken facing each other, kind of behind the back. It almost looks like a Pokemon battle screen, like from Pokemon Stadium or something, but there's no UI and no trainers and no anything. They're just in a street. Yeah. If, if and it has a fighting, like, training card game's fighting icon, you know, the fighting type icon from the Pokemon training card game, like, in the <laughs> that's, that's background. The, that's the training card game, that's how it's going to look now. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. oh, if they if honestly if they did a sequel to the Game Boy Color Pokemon train card game video game and you use the gamepad to do the card dealing and then the T V shows like a real life reenactment, I would buy that. I, I love the I train card game on Game Boy Color. That, that would be kinda cool. Yeah, just like a different it'd be like Pokemon Stand, but for card games. I still prefer to be a fighting game though. Yeah, no, I, judging just, by, I think a fighting game is what's good. But be. judging like just by the way it looks it I mean, looks very Street Fighter-y, kind of. Not not the angle of the camera, just like they're on a street, there's barricades of where they can oh, no. fight with them. Oh, no, I was gonna it's say, very uh, narrow. It's... I was going to say Ninja Storm-ish, because that's how all the, the fights are. Ninja yeah. Storm? Yeah, yeah all, okay, all, I the, see all, that. all the fights are always like, there's no equal plane. Someone's always yeah. in the background, someone's always, there's never any side to side. Right. Because, I mean, if it is meant for multiple people, you assume the camera is always accommodating both people at all times. Yeah. So if it's going to be like that, then. That could be a single player mode or something, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's interesting because so that, that kind of fight style feel would match Pokemon a little better than Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah, I think you might be right. But the, the interesting thing is that image came out, and everyone's like, "Oh, what is this?" And then uh, people, Pokemon Company was saying, "Oh, it's just a conceptual image, guys. It's not a game. We have nothing to announce." So you know, you could argue, sure, Pokemon Company, you might be right. It could be a tease of this is what we can do with Wii U, kind of like when they showed off the GameCube for the first time when it was still Dolphin, and they showed a <laughs> render. Of a Pokemon World Meowth's party. Anyone remember that? It's Meowth no, with a guitar. Link and Gandor. yeah, and Link and Gandor. But they had Meowth with a guitar, and there's this whole party. All these Pokemon dancing around him. He's on stage playing guitar. I'm not kidding. This was like back in 2000, and that never became a game. That was just a concept render showing what you could do with the new technology. So very easily for a retrospective video, it could end with a concept render showing what you can do with the technology. So okay, Pokemon Company, sure, it's nothing. Whatever you say, doesn't help that then a few days later they file a trademark for two n- titles. Pokin Fighters and Pokin Tournament, which A, sound like fighting games, and two, specifically <laughs> sound like Pokemon Tekken combined. Pokin. So I'm sorry, Pokemon Company. You can't go, oh, it's nothing, we promise, and then file all these trademarks in Japan and America the next, like, three days later. There's something up. It's definitely some sort of fighting game. So it's just a matter of when will they announce it, because, I mean, clearly their hype 
their hype generation is working, people are talking about it, and then they got the added bonus of the trademark slipping out. So why don't they just go ahead? Come cool. on, Pokemon Company, Pokemon just Pokemon announce game. it. With only fighting types, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it'd probably be like the human. It would have to be like the humanoid one. Yeah, because that's the only way it would work. The, well, yeah, I mean that way they don't have to create six hundred and forty something characters. Yeah. they could like concentrate them more and make them all a lot. Yeah, it'd be like it'd be like what twenty or thirty Pokemon in total, probably. That would fit. Hitmonlee, that. Hitmonchan, Blaziken, Lucario. Mewtwo, Mewtwo, Conqueror. Actually, they could do all the Mega Evolutions. No, Most no. of them are humanoid. I, I, I would. I, I bet they're gonna tie it. I in hope with the they Megas. wouldn't put Mewtwo or any. Of those I people. bet Just like go- the actual fighting types. Oh yeah. Oh, that's true. I'm, I'm naming non-fighting types. But how you? I bet like in the case of Blaziken, he'll have his Mega Evolution as well as a separate character. Well, Megan, Lucario, and Blaziken. Both and have. Lucario. Yeah. I bet they'll do that because Megas are a new yeah, big they, thing yeah, in X and Y. Yeah, that, yeah that, that could work. I mean, this they could be six months. They could later. build up a meter, and then when they have the meter, they could unleash their Mega form for a limited time. What later. if? Crazy thought. What if the Mega Evolutions they're introducing in X and Y? They're doing. As like a way to get people to understand what will become the mechanic of the new Pokemon fighting game, because so you can't. Kong will be in there. Who knows? But you can't. I'm just saying. Like, no, they might have been like, okay, we need to do something. We're doing a fighting game for oh, Pokemon, and we need to have some sort of way to have like special hyper attacks yeah, or something like that. But we can't just make them do the same attacks. So why don't we mega evolve them? Like, why don't we take a page from Digimon? Wait, people won't understand that. Maybe we should put in Pokemon X and Y first, get people used to the concept, and then be like, oh, by the way, check out this fine game where Mega Evolutions have played a big role as well. And mm-hmm. it's like a nice synergy cross-promotional between Wii U and 3DS, and it fits with Nintendo's whole take something that's successful on 3DS, mimic it on Wii U thing that they're doing lately. Like, I think I mentioned this last episode, yeah, like yeah. Mario 3D Land becomes Mario 3D World. Pokemon Fighter at Evo, like the yeah. little type game there. Well, Smash Bros. had the highest ratings of all the games there, didn't it? Until Ultimate Street about, Fighter. Oh, well, until, 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 it, yeah. until Ultimate Marvel came out. Yeah, but... But it was just those two. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, this could be huge for Nintendo. It's a great marketing opportunity to get people into the Wii U through X and Y. So, if they do the Mega Evolutions, that is. And if not, it's still just super intriguing. Yep. So, now of course the other side of it is, well, if it's just Pokemon Stadium, it just had a dynamic swooping camera. And we just didn't notice. Like, what if they just, like, took a screenshot of the day and happened to have trainers in it? Would that be a disappointment? Like, That's going to be pretty cool. But, I mean, think about it. They're hyping it. It's like, look at this conceptual image of blah. All these people are like, oh, look at these trademarks. Look at this. It's so, like, what is all this? It's something new. And then they're just like, funny hey, this- it's Battle Revolution 2. But people just be like, um, This could really? just be Battle Revolution. They could just be working on something else in the background that we don't know about. I know. Like, it, it, it just seems like... I mean, the positions are, are right for... I know. It's it's exactly like Stadium, Coliseum, Battle Revolution. So it could go either way. But I hope, for their sake, it's something new. Because people are getting super... I'm excited about it. I don't care about Battle Revolution. But I'm excited about this. So... Like, I love Stadium back in the day. Well, I mean, but I stopped caring. Considering I'm not getting X or Y. Right, I you don't really care either. Prefer the, you prefer the this. Yeah. Or... It's just something fresh, something different, something new. I could get into that. So, we'll see. But that that's the... Who knows what will happen at that, but that's the last of the game news. There's also sales, which isn't too crazy, but uh, I guess I'll take over completely for this. So, Jason's Sales Corner, uh, July's NPD numbers are in. And that's, once again, the people who track all the video game sales here in the United States. And tell me if you've heard this one before. The industry's down. Oh. Again. It's, uh, the whole industry fell by 19% compared to the last July of 2012. This is, no. I don't know. I can't tell if that was sarcastic or not. <laughs> You're like, like, I was straddling the line between being a serious no and being like a, oh no, sort of no. We'll go with sarcastic. Um, but As you were saying? Yeah, so it fell, um... It fell over last year. It's like the... I think it's been down all year, actually. But the one uh, 
thing that continues to trend upward is the 3DS, which had another, for the third consecutive month, it's been the number one selling piece of hardware in the United States. It sold 14% more units than it did a year ago, which means that, you know, July of last year, which means that it sold at least 141,000 units. Leak numbers are pinning it closer to 150,000, which is pretty decent. For, for comparison, I believe Xbox sold 120 or 130,000. So, and that was, you know, the previous head system. Oh. So, uh, it's it's actually the first time since October... It's actually the first three-month period since October to December of 2010 that a handheld has been in the top spot for three months. And at that time in 2010, it was the very... The almighty, unstoppable DS, pretty much during the height of its popularity. So, when it was, like, that magic price point, and they just released uh, DSi, and, it, you know, so they had DSi and DSi prepared, you know, simultaneously, that's, this is the first time since then that they've been able to replicate, or any handheld, Nintendo or otherwise, has been able to replicate that streak. So go 3DS. Um, the sales obviously are due, as they have been, to the strong successes that are Animal Crossing and Luigi's Mansion. In the case of New Leaf, it was actually number five on the chart for the month of all best-selling hardware, and it moved an additional 150,000 copies between physical and the eShop, which brings its total sales since it launched in June to 660,000. Which is a lot for two months for a 3DS game. Like it's definitely, it's definitely more, even more of a hit than I think Nintendo anticipated. Oh. And the uh, and Dark Moon, Luigi's Mansion, that uh, that's now at 820,000 since it came out in March. So just to give you an idea. It took Animal Crossing two months to do like three quarters of what Luigi's Mansion did in four months. That shows <laughs> you how fast it's going by comparison. Um, and, and and Luigi's Mansion didn't actually make the top ten of software like it did the past two months. If you look at the real chart, like the actual chart, which combines all the different SKUs, so like Call of Duty is there under, P you know, it's PS3 plus Xbox plus Wii U plus everything. But if you look at individual SKUs, where like Call of Duty would be broken down as the Wii U version, the Xbox version, the PlayStation version. When you look at that chart, Luigi Mansion managed to track on that chart, as did, interestingly, Shin Megami Tensei 4, also for 3DS. I bet you, like that game's always super niche, so I bet you a large reason it charted for once... If you look it's at the chart, many sales in general. No, I think it's well a mix of that because the industry is down. Yeah, like software sales are down by almost a third. So it's a mix of that and the Club Nintendo promotion with Fire Emblem. Remember that? If you um, buy one, if you buy both games, you get thirty dollars each shop credit. That got a lot of people who probably weren't interested in Shimagami at all to check out the game. It would have made me check it out. It didn't get me to check it out either. Didn't get me either, but <laughs> I, well, it would if I had Fire Emblem, but I didn't even oh, get that yeah. game. If I already had Fire Emblem, it might, See, I have Fire Emblem. I'd, I'd probably think about it, like, oh, I should maybe get yeah, it. Yeah, I've been the on the fence bucks. about it. I just haven't, like, looked into it, but I've been on the fence about it. Although, I don't know if the promotion's mm, Knowing you, it probably wouldn't be a game you enjoy much. Well, I like Persona. That's the thing. I played through pretty much all Persona 4 with a friend, and it was really fun. Knowing you, it probably <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, overall, software for... What was that? Persona 4? No, when? When, when you played Persona. 2007? Wow. I played a pre-release press copy, so I don't know when the game came out, but it was 2000, summer 2007 that I played through through it. Um, but yeah, overall, 3DS sales are up 45%. 3DS software sales as a whole, first-party, third-party, everything, are up 45% compared to last year, which makes sense when you have games like Animal Crossing and Luigi still selling quite well. Uh, but there's one thing last episode, I believe one of you asked me, is the 3DS still outpacing the DS? And we actually can finally look at the bigger picture thanks to uh, some numbers that Michael Pachter, the web bush uh, the Wedbush Morgan analyst who is like all over the, the video game industry now he tweeted out some numbers actually give a good idea of what really you know really how the 3DS is doing compared to the DS and according to those numbers um, in the 3DS's first 29 months which just ended in July it managed to sell 
1.5 million fewer units than the DS. If you recall, when the 3DS was first going, Nintendo always was saying, it's outselling the, the DS, it's better than the DS, it's selling faster than the DS, fastest selling handheld ever. That's true, but that's because the DS was in that lump, was in that slump before it got the DS Lite and skyrocketed to stardom, or whatever you want to say. Have we gone past that yet? We're past that. Oh. The 20-month uh, mark in the DS's history, 20 months in, is when they released the DS Lite. We're now at 29 months, and the tables have flipped, and now the 3DS is 1.5 million less than where the DS was at 29 months, which is large, in large part because DS Lite, because of New Super Mario Brothers launching with the DS Lite, because of Brain Age launching, because of Nintendogs, which also came out within that first 29-month window. It is like month 23 or something. It was the August of 2005, which is two months after the DS Lite, which was 20 months after the system first launched. So, you know, it took a little while to get the ball rolling. So for the first 20 months... Sure, 3DS might have outsold it, but now that we're at 129 and the DS, like the DS, you know, the line on the D for the DS is like going straight up the graph vertically instead of an angle, that's when, uh, that's when now things are turning. But it's, it's not to say the DS isn't, 3DS isn't doing well. It's still doing well. If you look into the marketplace as a whole, it's actually doing pretty well, all things considered. Um, sorry, toy, uh huh. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, because you have the fact that mobile's now more powerful than it once was. Like, smartphones are now a bigger player, and more people are just playing on iPads and phones and whatnot. So if you look at just, like, the hand Nintendo's handhelds as a whole, during um, that same 29-month period that we just were talking about, the DS and the Game Boy Advance combined, back in the day, they were able to sell 21.5 million units. And the 3DS and the DS combination during these past 29th 20, 20 nights, 29 months, sold 14.4 million units. That 6 million unit discrepancy is kind of suggesting that the handheld industry as a whole is dropping. So yes, Nintendo's not faring as well at the 3DS because the industry's down, but all things considered, the 3DS is only 1.5 million behind the DS. Not so bad when you look at that. Like, if you look at, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you look at as, yeah, the 3DS is doing worse, but it's in a, con it's in a situation where it can't do as well, just because the market has changed. Because Game Boy Advance and DS, even when the DS was at its weakest point, were still outselling together what 3DS and DS are now selling. Suggesting it's more than just the system in question, it's the marketplace as a whole. So, you know, for a system, like I said, for a system that has a weaker marketplace, has one fewer holiday season to take into consideration because it came out in March while the DS came out in November, all that stuff is doing pretty well, and I'm sure that 1.5 million gap can be closed a little when Pokemon X and Y comes out in October. Like, that's going to sell gangbusters. Will it? If it doesn't, Nintendo <laughs> has a huge problem on their hands because they are banking on it. Literally. Why else do you think they're doing the worldwide launch? Same day, everywhere in the world? They need the hit. They right. need the sales. So, that's 3DS. Then there's Wii U. Uh, this, this July was the final month of Nintendo before Nintendo's cyber, so, software drives hardware policy went into play before, like, Pikmin 3 came out. It was the last month of just dead time for the Wii U. And boy, did it continue to be dead. Fewest units sold ever since it came out. Uh, no official numbers, because Nintendo's smart not to release them, but the leaked numbers put at 29,000 units, the lowest ever. The first time it's dropped under 30,000. Interestingly, it took GameCube five and a half years, until from launch in November 2001 all the way till February of 2007 before it saw sales that low. We used done it in, what, nine months? So Nintendo really needs to turn this thing around. And... Uh, Hopefully this is the rock. Man, when I said last episode that we should each get two Wii U's, then we no, we should buy like four. seven. <laughs> but yeah, hope. I mean, hopefully this is rock bottom at this point. Pikmin three should uptick sales slightly. I still think it's kind of a niche game, but you never know. 
And then from there, it's a steady stream of games. Nintendo should be able to flip things over. I mean, they have been kind of doing stuff outside of just game releases. Uh, a while ago, Turaiwa, Nintendo's global president, was saying that Nintendo needs to, uh, you know, get out in the hands of consumers more. They don't get the Wii U until they actually try the Wii U. And the people that own the Wii U love the Wii U, but they don't have an easy time showing other people why to love it. You have to try it to get it. And they're now stepping that up. All summer long, they were doing the uh, Wii U Summer Tour, where they had a whole bunch of games on display, and you could go play them and try them out. And that we actually did an extra on that that just went up on the site last week called Wii U Goes to Hollywood. Or Wii U Goes Hollywood. We have uh, like something like 29, 30 something pictures, a description of what the event is like, and just give you a taste of the sort of thing Nintendo's doing to get people, the casual people on the street, to go check out the Wii U and be like, oh, this is kind of neat. Because you know, us core gamers, they can they can sell it to us at Comic Con, at E3, at PAX next week. But to get those casuals, get them to be like, hey, I remember the Wii. Oh, this is kind of neat. You have to really take it to them. You have to go to landmarks. Like the Wii U Summer Tour was at Hollywood Highland here in L.A. It was at Disneyland, Disney World, Navy Pier in Chicago, uh, one a major area in Boston, downtown Boston. Like, they have to go shove it in people's yeah, faces. Yeah, but this is like a lot of those people's first time ever seeing Exactly. Movies. There are a lot of people that are probably like, is this an accessory or no? And this is the way Nintendo can educate people and get them interested. Yeah, like, like I literally told someone a month ago like that. Still wasn't even aware that yeah. there was a console in the back. They still thought it was an accessory. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, well, so yeah, Nintendo, you know, so and they, and, I, and they consider themselves gamers, so right, yeah, it's it's a problem for yeah. Nintendo, and I mean, and what's interesting is they literally right as this tour, the summer tour ends, which once again you can find our article about it at Nintendo.com. Uh, the extras called Wii U goes Hollywood. Once this tour ends, literally the day it ends, Nintendo's kicking off a second tour, which is going to hit 12 malls um, around the country between now and November, and that tour is going to be both uh, for. Wii U and 3DS, but Wii U will be there. And it's going to be at 12 Simon Malls. They're going to have an assortment of games, Wind Waker HD, Pokemon X and Y, Wii Party U, playable for the first time in the U.S., oh. and some other stuff. The the catch, the odd move, the thing I don't know why Nintendo's doing is all those cool games that aren't released yet won't be playable until after they're released. Unlike the Wii U Summer Tour, unlike the E3 experiences Nintendo Day at Best Buy, unlike PAX, unlike Comic-Con, well, it's in they're not putting... Those games be released already? Right, but it's hitting... Uh, it's starting in Detroit next weekend. Oh. But they won't have the games there. It's a great opportunity to possibly, to possibly, uh, to possibly, sorry, I lost my train of thought here. It's a great opportunity to possibly get the word out about these upcoming games, you know? But instead, they're choosing, we'll just focus on the ones that are already released, which are obviously the ones that aren't selling the system. So I'm not quite sure what the logic is there. But either way, hopefully those will help in addition to the games. And of course, another option Nintendo has with the Wii U is a price drop, but they are definitely not doing that anytime soon. Uh, speaking with CVG, the British or the European trade video game trade site, uh, Iwata, Nintendo's global president, was saying that weak sales of the basic set, you know, the the white model with the fewer gigs, that is evidence that people don't need a price drop for the Wii U. His argument was, well, hey, people are buying the deluxe one more anyway. So clearly they find the value to be there. We just don't, not that many people know about it, that's all. No. And I mean, there's two sides to that coin. On the one hand, he's right, that people are going to buy a Wii U, they are going to get the deluxe set more often than not. So why wouldn't, you know, of the people that are currently for sure getting a Wii U and bought the deluxe, or have bought a Wii U and bought deluxe, you could argue, yeah, just extrapolate that to all the potential buyers, and boom, it'll be the same trend, it'll be 2 to 1 or 3 to 1 or whatever the ratio is now, and there you go, deluxe set, 350, done. But the flip side of that coin is maybe people aren't buying the Wii U. They might know about it, but maybe they're not buying it because they find it too expensive. 
They see the basic model at 300 go, that's not worth the money. They see the deluxe model go, that's more like it, but that's too expensive. Like, you know, it comes with a game, it comes with these accessories. That's the one I want, but 350 that's too much. So they just wait for a price drop. So, like, no matter, like, Nintendo can't exactly win this. It could really be either thing that's causing it. It could be a mix of the two. But to just roll out, to just go basic sets, the basic set proof, weak basic set sales prove that we don't need to drop the price seems a little short sighted. Yeah, because aren't, don't they still have weak deluxe sales? Yep, exactly. But he, I mean, his argument, kind of like what I was saying, is that, well, deluxe is outselling basic. So if you just if you just expand, so that's that, not saying anything. Yeah, but exactly. And if you just and probably the logic is if you grow that out to a large if you just go okay, take that two to one ratio, apply it to five million people instead of five thousand people, it would hold true. I, that's not exactly sound. So that is Jason Sales Corner. Basically, it goes like this: 3DS is doing well. Is it doing as good as DS? No. Is it doing well though? Yes. Wii U still sucking. <laughs> will it will it turn around Pikmin 3? We'll find out and we'll let you know. And that's news. And now we're moving on to part two of the show. The one that the title of Lean Green Dreaming Machine really is about. Where would you say that game for last? Nah. Nah, we'll... we'll save I, last. Should we? I think so. Save the Fine, we'll save it for last. Okay. We'll save it for last, which makes no sense. But I mean, I guess it makes sense. So, well, let's start with the game you want to talk about then, originally. What? Oh. Um, Attack of the Friday Monsters, a Tokyo Tale. This is a 3DS eShop title from Level 5, Makers of Layton. It's one of those games that they collaborated with the creator to make, you know, like this kind of quirky, different game. No wonder I liked it instantly. Yeah, it was, it was uh, in Japan, as part of the uh, Gildo 1 set, or Gildo 2 set, which was three games on one cartridge here in the States and in Europe. They branched, they split them into separate eShop downloads. So that's the background on it. You could take over what it's actually about and, you know, what you thought of it, obviously. So in a nutshell, Attack of the Friday Monsters is about a kid that moves into a small town and... Basically, he's just trying to fit in. He has to make new friends. He has to go to a new school. But apparently this town has this thing where every Friday night, these giant monsters come out and attack the city, and they're warded off by a giant like superhero. Kind of like, reminiscent of, um... We obviously didn't have these cartoons, but, um, Ultraman and those kind yeah. of things. Yeah, well, it's, it's purpose. Power Rangers, kind of, but except it's not Zords. Yeah. It's, all those, it's all those... What did you say? Oh, no, he was on the Fox box. Ultraman? Oh, yeah, but these are the, yeah. this is the original oh, Ultraman. Yeah. From my understanding... Yeah, the, yeah it was um, the game localized set. eventually, but I mean, yeah. when it came out... Yeah. But no, the one that was localized is not the 70s one. These are all the... They're not even just the cartoons. From my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's set in the 70s, right? Yeah. It it's has... set in the era when those shows were on Japanese television. It's set in Tokyo in the 70s, and it's set in the era where Japanese TV shows often were the guys in the suits smashing apart cities and whatnot. And Ultraman would come in, also a guy in a costume, and save the yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely not Fox Box Ultraman. <laughs> <laughs> Although I remember that, too. Well, it's not Ultraman at all in any way. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's not that sort of... Like, it's not the show's... It's not like Power Rangers. It's like the Godzilla TV show that predated it by a couple decades. Yeah. Yeah. If you were to find a point. Anyway, sorry. That's why I clarify. <laughs> and, um... So it's not a platformer. It's a... Or any kind of game that I've really played before. It's... It's not even a puzzle game. It's just a yeah. It's a it's a sim. You're just going around talking to people. Like a life simulation, kind of Harvest Moon, Animal Crossing style, or I wouldn't even quite say that. It's it's weird. It, it's a story driven. You're just basically, I would say it's almost like um, Ace Attorney in the sense that um, you're kind of just reading a bunch of dialogue and you're really mm-hmm. just progress the dialogue by walking from point A to from one point to another. Right. Because you're not really doing my like the the closest thing it comes to a game is um throughout the throughout the world yeah. a little town that you live in 
there are these little gems that you have to collect and for every six or so that you collect you get a card and once you get five cards each card is a monster by the way um you can use them to play a game called um like you could do a monster battle and the monster There's battle like is a pokemon magic Yu-Gi-Oh sort of no not, not 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 even close it's um uh. it's more like rock paper scissors it plays more oh, like warriors okay. way so of those five monsters each one has like a type advantage against another kind of monster and you really just see the cards you go, which one do you want to send out first? Which one do you want to send out second? And then... And then and, does and, the rest. And then when you win, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, when you beat a kid, when you only challenge other kids. Mm-hmm. They become your slave. And whenever you want, you can just talk to them. And you can cast a spell on them, which really just makes them fall down. And they say something in Japanese. The whole game is... All the dialogue is in Japanese. It's just subtitled. It makes sense. I mean, it's set in Tokyo. Oh, yeah. But that's yeah. how it wasn't... That's kind of cool that they left it. Yeah, like, like I mean... I mean, there is no voice, there's no voice acting. Right, right. The only narration is in Japanese. So, so there's a narrator, but it's in Japanese. With subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how, does, how do things progress? Is it like... it, so basically, like I said, you talk from people, from, you go from person to person yeah. to progress the story. They tell you to go somewhere. But every time they tell you to go somewhere, like, I guess the game wants you to think it's split into episodes. Because, mm-hmm. like, oh, you have episode one through 20, whatever. Right. But, um... For some reason, when you, I, I'm following the train that they gave me. Okay, my mother, my mother told me to go, get a delivery to go deliver something to someone else. Yeah. On the way there, I want to go. Actually, I'll talk to a few people. So then I talk to this little kid, and then all of a sudden, episode fifteen unlocked. I'm like, okay. So then <laughs> I'm on my way to, I go take the delivery, but then it doesn't say that episode one was clear. And then eventually I go back, and then it says episode like fifteen unlocked. And I mean not fifteen, like another episode. So. You're unlocking all these episodes like out of order, but then you start finishing episodes that you opened previously, and in, in the end, it just seems it's just a way to keep help you keep track of what you've been doing, not so much where you should be going. It's almost more like a like a could, travel log, but yeah, it's like in uh yeah, it's like in Pikmin. They're just a bunch of travel, optional like, quests, but they all logs. seem equally important that they don't really seem like optional side quests. So most of it's just interaction. Yeah, because like. The game has a bulk, like, whenever you interact with people, I guess on the screen they'll tell you where to go. Like, they'll say, there's a little one on there, there's a two on it, there's a three. Mm-hmm. Like, corresponding to the the chapter you're on, or the episode. Yeah, but it's really just interaction. It's all story-driven. It's only so story-driven. So it's, it's basically a graphic adventure, but yeah, or, if, or a point-and-click adventure, but yeah. you get to move the avatar yourself. Yeah, and, um, I mean, visual-wise, it's, it's pretty pretty. pretty nice. It does song. look good in the trailers. And then, um, like, the camera doesn't follow you in any way. It, they're just, just static images. Oh, but, like pr- but from different perspectives, think, like, Resident Evil. Right. Old days Resident Evil. Right, like the original. Yeah, so you could be walking down, like, a corridor, and it'll be super zoomed in, and then other yeah. times it'll be super zoomed out. And sometimes that could, um, not disorient you in the way that you'll be dizzy, but, like, you'll be holding straight in one direction. You'll be holding left, and all of a sudden, left you takes right. you back where you came from. Oh, that's so annoying. you kind of have to look at the map, and then I always have to stare at the map, and then move the joystick around a little to know, like, okay, what direction am I facing now? Yeah. Until you get to know the environment, then obviously, oh, then you're good. good. Yeah. yeah. But overall, I mean, it is fun. It's a it's a very relaxing game. I would put it up there with. It Night sounds Sky. like serene almost. It, it, like... it, it, I would put it there with Night Sky, where those games were. You don't really want like something, I would say, exciting. Something more like that you could just sit back and relax to. It sounds like this is almost like you're watching a movie unfold you just happen to be moving the character from scene to scene yeah it's a it's a 
coming of age movie, I guess. Is there like I'm not a comedy? There's, I'm guessing there's like a romance involved. And... No, no. It's just um, all coming of age. Is it's just the kid um finding out about his identity and who hmm. he is. It, it's, and who he really is. It's with about a little help from some twenty foot tall monsters. It's about growing up tall, and finding out your. I don't want to spoil anything. The whole game is pretty much yeah. Don't, could don't. be potentially spoiled because it's kind of short. But I don't know. I would, How much was it? Like seven? Yeah, it was seven. So worth it. it I would say it's worth it. It's different. It's definitely like it's just a unique experience. Yeah, I, I liked it. It's I, I would play a sequel or some sort I of like game the similar. I think the concept of it's really cool. Like the fact that it's like you're in a world where all these like cheesy seventies Japanese like TV show monsters actually you're just like nope, yep. time to battle. It's Friday night, and actually like. But the thing is, though, like the, the game, like it's not even um the it, trailer. The trailer implies like, oh, I'm going to see these battles every Friday, but you really don't see one until like. Towards the end, kind of thing. I see. Like the so whole it, game it's is like more the, it's a backdrop for the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole game is kind of like anticipating that. Like first, like, oh, you see footprints. Like oh, it, it's like building up to it essentially. Interesting. So I don't know. It, it's kind of cool in that way. Like you're you're doing everyday tasks that would seem kind right. of mundane, but then like this uh, sense of mystery and you don't know what's going on, and then you're interacting with other people that kind of make give you I don't know, make more questions. Makes to the questions answered. You know. Now on the total opposite end of the spectrum. From a Tokyo Tale is definitely not serene, definitely not like relaxing Street Fighter, right? Oh yeah. So you've also been playing uh, Super Street Fighter Two new... on Wii Virtual Console, and you picked the new Challengers Edition for yeah. whatever reason. Capcom has released all three Super Street Fighter Twos on Virtual Console at once on Wii U. So there's Turbo, New Challengers. What's the third one? The um, standard. It's Street Fighter Two. Right. Street Fighter no. Um, Street Fighter 2 Turbo and Street Fo- and Super Street Fighter right. 2. Right, oh yeah, Super is the extra, right. I keep yeah. thinking Super's in the name because Super Nintendo is Super Street yeah, Fighter. Yeah, like, like basically just like to sum them all up separately, Street Fighter 2 was the first game that came out. It has eight playable characters. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it on on the surface level, like, okay, it's fine. It's a little arcade game. You just fight, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. It's but Street then, Fighter. But then when the next game got introduced, Turbo. Um, Turbo, that one, they sped up the gameplay. They banned some of the... The characters moves around right. a little. Like, those are some things that some people did, obviously didn't care about. But on the competitive tournament level, like, if you ask someone that's like really plays that game in depth, like they'll say that it played completely different. Like, you probably won't notice they're like, oh, I'm pushing. Well, no, I, I have noticed. I mean, I played both of them back in the day. No, I mean, well, Turbo's well, faster, no doubt. Well, no, I mean, not even speed wise. Like, oh, like, oh, character handling. Yeah, like the way they uh, handle. Like, okay. oh, this does significantly more damage. Gotcha. Oh, like, oh, this is. This move doesn't have priority over this move. Like, this gotcha. is stuff they really care about. Yeah. So it's like patching before patching, essentially. Mm-hmm. Because they wanted this game to be... <laughs> before you could patch, you just released an entirely new cartridge for the same price. Essentially. Yeah. But this time you could play as the boss characters from the previous game. So you is it had... Turbo or... Turbo. Okay. So you had four new characters, essentially. Right. And then Super Street Fighter 4... The new Challenger. Had further balancing, and now you could play as, like, I think four more new characters. Maybe with five. There's definitely a good amount of characters in this So one. why, unless you're like a super diehard Street Fighter so fan you want who to... wants the whole history, is there any reason to buy the older ones? Is there anything removed from, say, Turbo or Unless you're doing it for the nostalgic factor, then I would say no. Because like, someone okay. might want to be like, oh, I want to play the first Street Fighter I ever right. owned. I mean, everything from the art, the art changes. I mean, right. the music right. gets a little remixed. But if you want like the oldest experience possible, then yeah, you would go for the oldest one. Yeah, Turbo, cause... Turbo... Still has the fastest play possible. It would go... I mean, you can, I think there's two different settings to Turbo, but mm-hmm. it, it looks like you're playing a fast-forward, even yeah, the animations. Yeah. 
Super kind of slows it down a little. It's still more mind gamey, right? I'd say than any other fighter. Yeah, it's interesting because when they launched on Nintendo, I don't think the promotion is still going. But Nintendo did a promotion where buy one of the three games, get the other two for half off. So like, I guess they're hoping most people are nostalgic and do want to like play through the history and buy all three. Because yeah, you're I, getting two for the price of three, basically. If you do that, yeah, I'd rather still just get just one. the just, just, get the, one just the, the most up to date one, which would be new challengers. Yeah. So how's it how's it handled on Wii U? Does it like work? Is it like how's it? Because you know Wii U's D pad is different. I, I played it on Super Nintendo, and to my knowledge, it plays almost exactly the same, down okay. to the random slowdowns that you get. Right. Well, it? I mean, an emulator, in theory, if you're authentic, if you're making an authentic experience, it should have the slowdowns and the glitches too. Yeah. But. So I don't know. It's cool. I love um. Since I still, I really like playing um, Street Fighter 4, mm-hmm. and I really love, I don't know, the, the soundtrack of almost every Capcom fighting games, I just love them, like, so much. Right. So it was really cool hearing, like, the old, the old thing, the old sounding versions of, like, Ryu's theme compared mm-hmm. to Street Fighter 4, even compared to how they remixed it in Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3. Mm-hmm. No, it just, it was kind of cool. Right, it's right. Like a, it, 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 it was almost nostalgic in a way. I had Street Fighter 2 on Super Nintendo, but even I didn't want to buy the original one for the Doctor Factor just because I wanted more characters. Right, I care, ha- I, I care about them more. Oh, and then this one, I didn't even know... It has so many cool little features to it. Right. In like, addition to just arcade mode and two re- and one-on-one, mm-hmm. you can also um, set up tournaments. Now, you could say, like, oh, how many players do you want using controller one? So you could put, like, six. And how many do you want using controller two? Mm-hmm. Set whatever number you want. Kind of like Smash Brothers. And then they'll have... It'll create the bracket for you, and then I'll tell you, okay... Whoever picked Ken is up now versus right. whoever picked this person. And that's handy, actually. So it has like a bunch of those little. That's like, doesn't Smash Bros. do that now? Yeah, that's like, yeah. They probably got it from that, yeah. Yeah, so it has like a. I mean, Smash Bros. got it from it this. Gives you this many, didn't get it from yeah, that. It this gi- is older. It gives you many different ways to pick. And it'll also give you like, oh, if it's one on one, but let's say I want to pick three different characters, so then when one of those characters gets eliminated, I'll still have another character. Right. So, I don't know, it gives you many It seems like it, it makes it a good fit for Wii U, because Wii U is very multiplayer-oriented. Yeah. Like, because, you know, the gamepad and asymmetric gameplay and whatnot. So, it's fitting that one of the earlier games on virtual... One of the, you know, relatively first wave of virtual console games is one that is basically built with tournaments yeah. in mind. And I've been really wanting a Street Fighter-esque fighting game on the Wii U, so might as well start with Street Fighter. But don't count on it being a new Street Fighter ever. I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, it's oh, actually yeah. really weird because they released three Street Fighters at once, and then they come out and go, "Well, that's it." Uh, someone asked Yoshinori. No, no, we mentioned this last time, didn't we? Yoshi- we no, we didn't. We talked about it in between episodes. Because I remember um... it, it hasn't come up on the show yet. But Yoshinori Ono said in a tweet to someone who said, "Hey, Street Fighter on Wii," and he's like, "Nope, no plans at the moment. Sorry." So yeah, because re- we're getting all these old games. It happened after the last episode. Because I remember we def- well. We talked about oh, no, it. It wasn't from a tweet, but I remember reading somewhere that they asked him, like, oh, any plans for it on the Wii? And he said, we have no plans for it, but if anything, right, I was interested in talking, right. I was interested in a 3DS one. You're right, you're right. But yeah, so it could come, Super Street Fighter, Ultra Street Fighter 4 or whatever, could come to 3DS, but if for Wii U, he's officially gone on record saying it's not happening, they have no plans. Yeah. Which is weird when you release three entire games at once and go, hey guys, Wii U, Street Fighter, look at all the Street Fighter you can play on Wii U except the new Street Fighter. Only the old Street Fighter. Enjoy the old Street Fighter. Don't look at the new Street Fighter. Like, it's just like, it's really weird. That is a shame, but... But, yeah. But, so, I mean, so if, I guess if you were to get a Street Fighter for Wii U and you're only going to get one of the three, New Challengers is the one to get. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, the games, yeah. that, I mean, we were playing a little bit before recording, and it is really fun. Like, you know, it's classic Street Fighter. It's just good, solid 2D fighting. Yeah, and the characters are the most fleshed out in this one and there and the other ones. Yeah. Like, Ryu could uh, do, like, spin kicks in the air. He has right. two different types of Hadoukens in this one. Right, And right. then Chun-Li yeah, has I know a that, fireball. Yeah, I know that, because you so, were like, Hadoukening me 
exclusively Hadoukening me for an entire round of the match. That's all you did to me. And still beat me, because I am really bad at Street Fighter. Yeah, I wanted, to, I, wanted, I wanted to teach you how to get around that, but... Yeah, I didn't learn. I was just like, stop adukening me. And you're like, no. And then I cried. And it, was, it was horrible. No, but... Um, so yeah, so Street Fighter is a, a yay from you versus a Yeah, new. I mean, it's only seven bucks. Oh, it's actually... I thought it was like nine. Huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Earthbound's the overly expensive it Super Nintendo game. So most it's eight. It's eight, yeah. yeah. Alright then, so that's Street Fighter. That's, that's uh, Attack of the Fire Monsters. Now we have to talk about Mario and Luigi. It is the end. So, uh, Elvis, you've been quiet for a very long time. Hi. So, what have you been doing the whole going? time? It's not like you were playing <laughs> Mario and Luigi, were you? No. No, of course not. You're just, you're just so excited to talk about it that you're just not playing it for the last <laughs> hour. It wasn't. <laughs> well, anyway, of, of sure. But no, well, it's, it, even if you hypothetically were playing it, it'd be good because your impressions would be extra fresh. Because now we're finally on to the topic of the episode, the episode name's sake, which is Mario and Luigi Dream Team, which hit the 3DS a week ago, and it is really good. So both me and Elvis have been playing that. Elvis, you, you're further in it than me. I've been sitting here talking about. In. I've been sitting here talking about for the last hour. Something forty. Yeah, it's a really long game. Yeah, it is. I I know. Like one of the things that I've been hearing, I'm and I've been noticing myself. I'm not super far in it yet, but one of the things is that it does it. It ramps up for like hours on it. Like it feels like a very very big ramp up, right? Like even at hour, like halfway to the point you're at now, isn't it still ramping up to some extent? Like they're still adding features, they're still teaching you things. Like oh hour yeah, 10, like, hour twenty. Yeah, well, you can still tell when I guess. When they're when, done. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, because you still need, like, oh, I'm, you look at your moves, and then, like, I'm still missing one, right. like, so I still need to learn, so yeah. I still need to probably figure out another island or something. Right. Yeah, but, so for those who, just a quick, I guess I'll give a little background on what the game's all about, what differentiates it, and then we can jump into your more in-depth impression, since you've actually sunk way more time into it than me. <laughs> sure. Alright, so, Mario Luigi Dream Team. For those who may not know, it's the obviously latest entry in the series on 3DS. It uh, the whole theme of this one in the past has been traveling through time and traveling into Bowser's stomach. Now it's Luigi's dreams. So throughout the game, it's actually really cool how they do it. So throughout the game, you're you know exploring Pillow Island. Everything is very awesome. Pillow. It's spelled Pillow, but it's obviously Pillow. The whole game is packed with uh, sleeping puns because it's Luigi's dream world, which makes it kind of amazing. There's Z keepers. There's Pillow Island, there's... I'm forgetting so many. What's the name of the bad guy? Maybe that was it. Uh, the, the bad guy is Ant- not... A, not it, wasn't it Antasma? Yeah. Well, that's the one they... Like, yeah, Antasma is in... Uh, yeah. Crap, uh, no, what would that be? That's not really a pun, is it? Not that I can think of. Anyway. I forgot the well, Fantasma guess, is close to Fantasma. Ghost in Spanish. Oh, that's not a sleeping pun. But I forgot the professor's name, but it's like Snooze. Oh, Snoozeworth. Snoozemore. 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 I think so, yeah. Snoozemore. Professor Snooze more. Uh, oh man, there's so many puns. I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but everything in the game, anything that has anything to do with Pillow Island, which is where it's set, is a pun. It's actually the second time I think about it. It's the second time Mario and Company have a game set on an island they go to vacation at. First being Mario Sunshine with Delfino. Now it's Pillow Island in Mario and Luigi. But anyway, so, how, so the game, you know, it's pretty, at least from what I can tell, it's pretty much standard Mario and Luigi gameplay. You're exploring the world, Mario's on one button, Luigi's on another button, you control them independently, but they walk together, like you jump them independently. Um, there's things you do that require both brothers to work together to solve puzzles, there's battles that play out as a mix of turn-based and, you know, action moments where you, like, time your button presses to make attacks stronger or make, or block enemies or that sort of thing. Like, it's really, as, if you, at surface level, it's by the books, Mario and Luigi. 
pretty much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense, because what else would you want it to be? But the thing they do that's really cool is they kept sprites. It's all sprite. All the characters are sprites. All the world is 3D polygons, sort of. Like like a cel-shaded polygon look. And it looks really good in motion. So the sprites are like this like pseudo 3D, where they're technically sprites, but they like, are kind of rounded, so they look like they might be polygonal. They're like traditional animated... Yeah, but they have, like, a roundedness to them, so it looks like, like, they fit the polygon world that they're in. Well, yeah, because, um, what I've noticed, like, from what I've seen, they've added, they pretty much made a sprite for almost every single direction that they turn in. Yep. So it just makes them look, yeah, so it makes them look a lot more... And they're super well animated, like, they have all sorts of neat little animations. Like, even when you, like, level up, like, if you watch them, like, if you just leave it for a second, they start, like, kind of, like, shaking, because, you know, they're standing on one foot. Like, when they get an item, they, like, hold it up above them, and they notice they're kind of wobbling, because, like... You can't just hold an item forever on one foot with your hand in the air. So just like little things like that, like they're such great touches. And I was actually reading an interview, one of the, I think it was one of the I Wanna Asks, maybe not, but the uh, the developers at Alpha Dream were saying that they spent a ton of time just making the sprites look as if they were polygons, even though they're sprites. Because they wanted the animation of a sprite with the 3D look of the rest of the game. So they spent a lot of time just getting that look, and I think they pulled it off perfectly. Like I, Even on the XL, the 3S XL, where obviously the pixels are a little blown out, so it's not quite as crisp, it still looks incredibly good. Like, this is one of the games that, like, okay, the graphics aren't the absolute best graphics you've ever seen in terms of, like, raw graphic power, but the art style works so well. It just looks so, so good. Like, I, it, it's great. And then the Ouija's Dream <laughs> World's, like, all watercolory, kind of. Like, it's, like, it's kind of like a mimicking sort of the real world, but, like, with a weird watercolor over Yeah, it's just play on the real world. Yeah, like yeah, but it has, like, a cool, like, wavy thing going with, like, these paints. Like, it looks almost, like, hand-painted versus the real world. It's It's neat, yeah. And, and the dream world, just that's since that's the biggest change, how it works is you can enter the dream world at certain points, and it's only when there's a pillow on the ground, and you're going into the dream world to rescue these pillow people, yeah. pillow inhabitants of Pillow Island, who uh, all, it turns out what happened was there used to be a, without really spoiling the plot, this is very early in the game, there was a prince of Pillow Island, he kind of went away, turns out you helped bring him back, and the, the plot is you're now rescuing his people and also trying to rescue Princess Peach. So, by you rescue people, that's why you go in the dream world. You go in there to get them out of there by breaking these orbs, just by, you know, punching the orb like you would a question mark block. And then once you've hit enough times, the pill person's free, and then when they come out of the dream of with Luigi, they help you get to whatever thing you need to advance to. Like, the pillows are placed in places where you need to go free someone who can then get you to a higher ledge, or get you to go here, or spin you over there, that sort of thing. So it's not like, you can't just like switch back and forth. It's very, kind of like Inside Story, where you can only go into Bowser when you needed to, when it was pivotal. It's the same idea. There's only a couple of pillows that you actually, actually need to jump on to progress in the story. Really? Yeah, for the most part. Like, I feel like the, the other ones are experience. like, oh yeah, it's towards the beginning. Oh yeah, well that makes sense. But yeah, a lot of the pillows, like I guess you don't need to get them, but if you do get them, they rank up, and then you go back to like some pillow elder, and, and he gives you rewards for a certain amount of pillows you get. Mm-hmm. So it's just like for like 100% completion. Oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, so I mean, you're way further into the game. How's like. They've changed a few things with battles. Like, the, haven't they? Like, badges and bro moves work a little differently, don't they? Well, badges, uh, the badges kind of the work the same. And they're, yeah. they're just different badges and right. different effects, yeah. which are really cool. Badges being, I just realized some people might not know what we're talking about. Badges being the. Uh, Basically, the part of the game where the more you attack with one brother versus another, the more a meter goes. Well, up. when not, it's when you. When you land the attack success, like successfully, like, right, right, right. But it's uh, one brother can have one badge, another brother can have another. Yeah, badge. And you mix and match for yeah, different effects. Yeah, you can mix and match. So, it, and it can be kind of swayed in the sense of like if you, you if you land successful attacks more with one brother than another, or like if you yeah, do it only Mario's in, meter is yeah. higher than. Yeah, and then so you'll get two of his badge instead of one of each, or any mix and match or that sort of thing. What do you mean? 
Like no, if, it, no, 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 because like, they, they lock in the middle. They so. don't. If you're in the dream world, that's what's different. That's why it's game. Oh. If you're in the dream world, only Mario's badge will level up. How it works in dream world is Luigi's gone. He only, he's there with you in as you explore his like dream counterpart where he's like all super bravado, like, bravado and macho and whatnot. So he's there. When you go into battles, it's only Mario in the battlefield, and Luigi's just kind of like assisting his attacks. Like when you land an attack, you'll see a fall like a. You know, Luigi's rain down. Yeah, he just powers up all of Mario's attacks. What? He just powers up all yeah. of Mario's attacks. Or you can use, you can like leverage Luigi for attacks. Like you can have, you can collect Luigi, Luigi's into a ball, which uses the gyro to mm-hmm. like aim and then have that ball roll into enemies. You can have a stack of Luigi's that are like 30 or 40 high and you kind of sway him into the enemy. There's all sorts of different things that use the gyro and the 3D kind of cleverly. But Luigi's attack, all that attacking you do with Mario as, with Luigi as assistant doesn't budge his badge bar. It only moves Mario's. So more often than not, if you're in a dream world, you'll get two of Mario's badge instead of one. Well, the badge, when the badge connects, there's only one effect. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. I'm just saying there's two badge spots. Yeah, it has the same effect. Yeah, no, I know. That's oh, what okay. I'm saying. I say I'm pretty sure in the other oh, game, yeah, it's you not couldn't... Like Luigi you... has its own badges and Mario has No, 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 no what I meant is like... Because I'm pretty sure in the previous one, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the previous one, it was like, oh, you got one of Mario's badges, now you get one of Luigi's. But in this one, you could have two of the same badge. Like, it will just double. Like, I had two badge spots, and I got Mario's Restore 30 HP. And then I got it again in the other badge spots, like two of the same badge spots. Oh, I mean, they're always going to be the same, regardless, no matter what. Oh, I see what you're saying. And the dream, yeah, okay. saying. And the dream where they're I doubled. Like yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, they're always the same in the sense that, yeah, okay. And when they connect, it's one effect. And you ha- you Yeah, I guess my slots. point was they don't necessarily connect if in the dream world anymore. Like, the badge will just fill up all the way, and it'll just be the pure Mario badge. I, I'm pretty sure it'll connect in the end, but it just won't end. move at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I, I guess that's a very long way of saying essentially what you just said. Never mind. So they're still connecting things. They're still connecting. Yeah, 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 connect. They're still connecting, but I equipped Mario with a badge like restored thirty HP, and that's the exact badge I was getting as an output. Like there was yeah, well, that's the only badge you would get. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, never mind. I'm confused. <laughs> Go, but the battles are cool. I mean, if you want to take over, since obviously I'm completely lost. Yeah, yeah the battles are essentially the same <laughs> as in Part One and Part Two. Mm-hmm. Only like I guess with all Nintendo games right now, they suffer from. I guess they're being a little simpler. Not just but, simpler, but way overly, like, tutorially. Oh, God. The, the, so be- the beginning of Mario and Luigi was super tutorially. But yeah. I guess I could, I could skip everything. They're optional, yeah. which is nice, but it's really like... But every, it's always going to be someone's first. Yeah, every time you move, every time you do anything, uh, the little... What's yeah, her name? The sprite... The star sprite lady. The little um, ball. Starly. Yeah, Starly yeah, comes out. She's like, hey, do you need help with this? And it's like, nope. She's like, are you sure? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's I'll be here. Vital you information. Me. Yeah, it's, like, it's just like, all right, thank you. And then you say yes, it takes you to the menu, and like, oh, click yeah. on this icon. Yeah, and it's really, it's like, go to the menu by pressing this. I mean, now you're on the touch screen, press this. If you survive and then if that, you, yeah. it's good. But it's just like, it's it's a little, it's a lot, a lot of tutorial. Yeah, but that makes sense because they don't give a strategy guide anymore. I mean, not a strategy true. guide, an instruction manual. But, That's true. Like, yeah, yeah, they they Nintendo stop saves paper. They have digital yeah. ones, but who reads the digital? No. That requires you opening something that's not just in the box already. Anyway, you were saying, though, about battle. Fighting games. Yeah, uh, the fighting. Yeah. So, yeah, it's same, like, you get your hammer and your, and your jumping is the same as in all, any other part of the series of the game. Mm-hmm. And then you also have your brother move. I'm not sure in uh, in Bowser's Inside Story, like, Mario had his own bro, bro moves and Luigi had his own bro moves. Oh, no, there weren't bro moves in Bowser's Inside Story. There were items. There were, like, special items that you... All right, but each one had... I mean, both brothers could yeah, use the same yeah, one, Yeah, right? yeah, they shared them. What about in part one? In part one, they don't were forget, different. Don't forget they Partners in Time, part two. In Partners in Time, there were there were items. 
So they've been alternating. Yeah, they've been. Yeah. But I guess, I guess, I guess this one goes back to part one. Yeah, this where, one goes back to part one a lot. Ways, yeah, Mario has his own bro moves. Mm-hmm. That's so. If you want to use this one, you have to use this Mario. Or Luigi has his his own set of bro moves that also. Use yeah, and PKs. there's a stat now, which I think is also harkening back to part one, where uh, there's a bro move stat. So when you level up, and you can pick which one you want to get bonus points to, and the bro move stat is like also to like make it easier to do the bro move with the other brother or something. I don't remember the exact wording, but it's basically like compatibility. It's like under. It's like if you look on the menu screen, it's like attack, defense, bro move. The bro, the thing, the BP. Yeah, uh, that's the bro points. Yeah, it just increases how many you could do. I could have sworn it had something to do with. Oh yeah, it's how many you could do with that. Yeah, because each one costs yeah. a certain yeah, amount yeah, of points. Yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah, so you can increase one and leave the other. Yeah, so like so you have Luigi's together, yeah. like a lot more. So right, so then Luigi can keep gra- dragging Mario into his. Yeah, you, you, yeah, that's, what's, that's what's different than before. Than Mario, at, yeah. Or, well, that's how it was in the No, yeah, yeah, they both oh, yeah, the, 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 It's the same. It, it replaces flower power, whatever is always on the bottom. Right, right. Or energy. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, can you tell I'm rusty with the old Mario and Luigi? <laughs> Doing then, my best here. <laughs> I don't remember if it was in the first one or in the other ones, but, like, when you level up, you have these rankings, like a shell rank. That was um, Bowser and Tessori. Those are back. Also, yeah, like, so when you rank up, there's also, yeah. like, special upgrades that you could only do when you rank up. Oh, yeah, that wasn't there before. It okay, so I guess this is new. Yeah, the ranking just did something at the end of Bowser's story. Like, some ominous voice will tell you, like, oh, I see you're, you're this rank. Oh, if you were another rank, that'd be cool. But if you're... <laughs> if you were this, that'd be cool. But when you become the other rank, it just says, oh, I acknowledge you're awesome, and that's it. Oh, so, not boring. Well, I guess in this game, they actually gave this it a purpose. Yeah, it matters now. <laughs> so, yeah, so if you... There's only four ranks, and for every rank, there's a set list of upgrades mm-hmm. that you can only get by ranking, obviously. So, some are, like... For every time you level up, you get more HP given to you, or your pal or your jump moves are like increased by one hundred percent. Right. And there's only four throughout the whole thing, and there's mm-hmm. like, like a big list, so you gotta like think carefully what you want for each yeah. brother. It's like it's weird because like on one hand the battles are definitely simpler, but then they added like all this other all these other layers to it now, like that or like even just like the gyro stuff. It used to be okay, oh, yeah. you do a button press or you do a stick movement to like use your attack at the right time or do the right defense, but now it's like. Turn the system sideways and flip it through the air and hope you can catch it or like do like you know not like that but it's just like all the Luigi moves in uh, the Dream World are all like these really clever uses of the gyro and yeah all a lot of, I even in the in the real world yeah they use the gyro these are like a slingshot where you have to aim with the three yeah guys. it's it's really clever it's like that's you know it's it's just a natural evolution of the whole uh, real time action battle system whatever they call that thing yeah, it's also cool like in the Dream World you also have your own set of bro moves that yep. you can do together yep. so it's like. Three different sets yeah. of different moves, like special moves. And the Dream World, just exploring it's pretty fun because it goes, you know, just like with Bowser's Inside Story where you go from isometric view to side-scrolling when you're inside Bowser. Dream World is side-scrolling. It's like kind of a slowed-down Mario platformer. But Luigi can be used, and this is like the oh, big yeah. hook with the Dream World, Luigi can be used to interact with the world. So by pressing R and then sending him into the background, basically, into these like Luigi... Basically, things Luigi can possess, like he's a ghost or something. You can then influence the world in various ways. So it's kind of like the opposite than Bowser's side story, where you do something on the inside of Bowser to influence the outside. Now you're doing yeah, something it's on the outside it's to literally the, flip the inside. Side. Yeah, but the difference is it doesn't directly influence. Like the outside you're in, you're using to influence the inside. In this case, is Luigi's on the bottom touch screen. His body. Yeah, yeah, and you interact with him. And oh my god, it's yeah. fun to poke and prod him. The <laughs> yeah. best is when like early in the game, there's some point like he goes to sleep for the first time. It's like in his dream world, and then he laughs. Oh, yeah, he so, does like, that a couple like, times. Yeah, it's just like, it's like on the bottom screen, you just see Luigi like, ah, ha, 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 
<laughs> and he's like, his whole body is like shaking. It's just like, this is weird. But yeah, you can like tickle his nose to make him sneeze, and that pushes things to the foreground in the dream world. You can uh, pull his mustache to slingshot Mario to a higher platform. Then at one point he's sleeping in a, a what do you call it? Like a life, like a, a life thing you use on a pool. Oh, life preserver. One of those little round things. Yeah, you like on one, Life-saving. and then you can like flip it to change the gravity around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, and then it's like, uh, yeah, it's like you're running on the ceiling instead of the Yeah, floor, depending yeah. on the direction Luigi's facing in the water, it's like yeah. you either change the gravity left or right or up or right, down. Right, right. Yeah, they did, they, it's really clever. It's a smart use of the dual screen setup that's different than, you know, anything they've done. Yeah, and then like, you the like speed up games. time by touching like the right part of the mustache. Right. Or like pause it oh no not yeah that it. one isn't quite as logical like all yeah, the other ones make sense, sense but... but it's like or like why don't they just have him have a watch on and just because they show half his chest they could just have his watch up by his heart and they just <laughs> or he, could have a brain, he could have a brain clock he could have a, fa- a flavor flave <laughs> clock yeah yeah like, <laughs> it's, I don't still, it's still slowing down the time with yeah. his left mustache and then the, ch- the music changes too it slows down right it goes really yeah. fast but yeah but really the dream world you aren't really going into it to get i think i said this before but to get those pillow people so like mm-hmm. like that's it you're just you're, you're basically it's basically a scavenger hunt or not even a scavenger hunt. It's just you go from point A to point B, and at point B happens to be that pillow person. That's its sole purpose yeah. in the dream world. But each one is its own little puzzle. So yeah, it's, it's own little fun. puzzle with its own little thing. And like, and then by solving the puzzles, you have to use Luigi's different shapes that he gets to turn into. Like right. He's, he's, you could turn him into like a wrecking ball. Yeah. Or like rolling, he's or a ball just to roll on, or like yeah, propeller. there's all that. Yeah, or like the tower of Luigi's I mentioned yeah. was in the battle mode as an option. That's also at some point you could use that to like knock out giant barricades and stuff. Yeah, it yeah, is really cool. clever. Like the developers at Alpha Dream and Nintendo's localization team do like a really good job of just like, well, the developers do a really good job coming up with like quirky scenarios, and then the Treehouse team does a really good job of making of just writing a funny game because like, <laughs> I mean, all the quirk of those scenarios that we described like that sounds outlandish, but it makes perfect sense in the world of the game, and like the humor is like so good. Oh yeah, I would argue there isn't a character quite as good as Fawful, because in the original Superstar Saga, before they milked Fawful to death, he was <laughs> really funny character. Then it got kind of like, all right, I get it. And I feel like this one maybe doesn't have someone quite on that he level. He doesn't give you chortles? But I'm still... Chortles. No. <laughs> he did the first time around. But um, I, I'm i obviously not far enough in the game to know for sure. But I feel like it's missing that one, like, I guess crazy no character. specific character. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I know there's, like, the, the meat... Are, I know there's the this... Russian meat guys. Like, oh, the two yeah, fat dudes beef. who, like, love beef. Yeah. But... And stuff like that. But I just feel like it's missing that. You know, we call Mario Luigi Little Cutlets. Yep. But yeah, it's just missing that, like, thoughtful element, at least to but me. But it makes up for, like, throughout the whole game, the whole, all the humor is hilarious. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's really well written. And sure. it was playing on Luigi, too. Oh, of course. That's how they do <laughs> well, yeah. Which is where some of the great sprite work comes into play, because, like, Luigi's reactions in his sprite, like, his little sprite right. reactions are always so great. Like, there's one scene where, like, they do a little pose. Mm-hmm. Where Mario and Luigi are supposed to catch the hammers at the same time. Yeah, at but, the very beginning of the game, yeah. Yeah, and then, the ha- but then Luigi misses it. Right. But then he catches it, and then everyone in the whole screen starts clapping, <laughs> and a little confetti comes out. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. It's just like, they just do a good job of like, saying, the, saying the scene. Like, at the very, very, very beginning of the game, when you first go to Pillow Island, and you're walking to go into the castle or whatever, there's like all these villagers there that are like, cheering you on, and there's like confetti falling, which looks really good in 3D. Kind of like the moment you're talking about, but... um. And if you talk to them, like, a lot of them are just like, oh, welcome to Pillow But then there's <laughs> some that, like, kind of, you know, set the set the humor by being like, doesn't this confetti look good? I always thought we did good confetti. Or, like, all these <laughs> random, like, kind of meta comments. It's like, okay, you're in for kind of a fun, you know, funny story. It's not just going to be, like, traditional RPG fare. They also offer, oh, and the game also offers a bunch of side missions <laughs> to do. Like, there's one part in, I guess, Wakeport, where throughout the, I guess, throughout the island, you could hit these blocks that look like... I guess camera boxes or camera uh-huh. lenses 
Then you could come back. spotted those, a few of those. You could come back to the little island or the wakeport, and then they're like, I guess, essentially puzzles, and then each puzzle consists consists of three levels. And then, if, so if you complete them, you get like beans that upgrade your stats. Speaking of beans, this is I wanted to mention this like twenty minutes ago, and I <laughs> forgot. The thing I was gonna say about how they're caught, they're doing a lot of throwbacks to the original Superstar Saga in this right. one is uh, the Bean Bean Kingdom is suddenly relevant again. The inhabitants are all over the island because they're vacationing yeah, they're, there too. They're just vacation. like yeah, <laughs> so they're all over the island and they reference Bean Bean and like people like some of the other characters are like oh yeah like the Bean Bean Kingdom and just like kind of throw it out there like it's this known thing even though it hasn't been mentioned since. When did Mario and Luigi come out? 2003? So it's been 10 years since they last mentioned it, and now it's suddenly relevant again. <laughs> Which I think is great. It built a full universe. Yeah, and there's, like, to... one little Bean Bean guy who, like, yeah. wants to see a picture of Queen Bean, so at one point you have to yeah. get it. It's like, they're actually him. part of the game now again, which yeah. is nice. Yeah, you see a picture of Queen Bean, like, oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool throwback. And actually, one of the developers was saying in an interview that he would be open to maybe, like, doing some similar types of throwbacks to characters from Mario RPG. Like the Super Nintendo Mario. It's like Gino, Mallow, all those guys. They might eventually integrate them in a similar way in future Mario Luigi's, which is kind of neat. Um, they, Gino did come out in Mario Luigi 1. Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of. Kind of. <laughs> but, I mean, I think, he, I think he means, like, actual interaction, like, you mm-hmm. talk to them and stuff. <laughs> but not that. <laughs> but, no, it's, uh, you were, I interrupted you, though. You were saying... No, there's, there's a bunch of side stuff. Like, they also brought back the, you could fight a bunch of, like, you could refight the bosses and get your little trophy, mm-hmm. and so you could eventually just kill them all again. Mm-hmm. There's also, speaking of trophies, there's also, like, almost an achievement system of sorts. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot what they call it. Accomplishment? Expert. Expert. Yeah, expert, expert challenge. challenge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it's this menu where it's, like, you know, uh, kill these enemies without getting hit. Kill ten times, you know, make land ten hits without getting hit. Like, all these random things. Yeah, and, and just dodge you, ten times. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, like, you know, literally their achievements, or as Nintendo likes to call them in Street Pass and whatnot, accomplishments. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's a nice little extra thing, which... I mean, this just makes me want 3DS to have Miiverse even more, because naturally you should be able to put those into Miiverse. Like, you you know, killed 10 enemies in a row. Do you want to brag on Miiverse, kind of like Mario U does, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess eventually the achievements, I guess, uh, they're the same, I guess, because the island has, like, its little sub-parts of the game. Right, So it's like, oh, dodge. Yeah, because it's 10 from this enemy, and it's only in this part. Right, so it's a little rinse and repeat, but... Yeah, but it's still fun to do. Yeah, no, and it's like, a cool little bonus for, like, the gamers that, since they did simplify some parts of battle, it's a nice little, like, reward for the true hardcore <laughs> Mario Luigi lovers. Sword. Yeah, and then I guess the Dream World also has its own... Like, yeah, it has its own accomplishments, too, yeah. I noticed that, yeah. But it's, it's a really fun game. Like, they put a lot... It just... They put a ton... Based on what you... What I've heard from you and just what I've read and what I've played myself, which, honestly, I'm in the... I'm... Past the beginning, for sure, but I'm not, like, at 40 hours. I'm nowhere near 40 hours. But, uh, yeah, it just seems like they put a lot of effort into it. Like, it's a crammed cartridge. And that's yeah. without multiplayer. That's without Street Pass. That's without, you know, 3DS features outside of Gyro and Touchscreen. But it's so full of stuff, even without Yeah, that. this game, like, I guess essentially every time you enter a location, mm-hmm. before you have to do the main thing, you have to, like, it has that formula structure where, oh, you have to find these three things or these right. five things before you do this. Yeah. So, yeah, like early in the game, you have to find, you have to collect essentially petals of a flower, oh, really? of a flower like windmill thing that gives electricity. So they're all in the same area, and you just go grab them. And it takes two seconds, but yeah, they do use that same idea. Yeah, um, for every single part. Did, were attack blocks in the old games? I don't remember. Or is that the the new? puzzle things? Yeah, are attack blocks new? No, they're, they've no, been they're there. Yeah, yeah, they've been there. I didn't remember them, but yeah, they're back as well. So that's yeah. just another <laughs> thing to collect. Is what my point was gonna be. 
But, yeah, so I think overall, I mean, it's a really... The only thing that kind of concerns me, although, I don't know, it's not concerning, it's just one thing that I keep thinking as I play it, is the game looks gorgeous, it's super fun, it just feels very safe. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, it feels like, not formulaic, but it's just like, it feels very, like, Nintendo didn't really take much of a chance with it. They're just kind of like, well, let's just pump out another one, and it's excellent what they pumped <laughs> out. And, like, it uses the gyro in clever, clever ways, which I guess is being a bit more risky. But it just the whole game just is very, even more so than most Nintendo games, reminiscent of other Mario and Luigi's. At least to me. Like, when I was playing, I was like, well, it feels like I never left. Like, it feels kind of the same. Which is fine. I'm a fan of the series. It's just, I kept thinking in my head, this is really safe. Like, they're playing it really safe. But I don't, I don't remember the other Mario and Luigi's being this long... But that's not even necessarily playing. That's just including more content. I mean, like, well, I mean, that's cool. like it's really kind of the well, same I, structure I, I of I, they have the same like. Look, you're in an isometric world, overworld, and then you battle, and those are real time action, and then you go into this side-scrolling world. It was Bowser. Now it's a dream. Like it's very, it's fit. It's kind of cookie cuttered. They did an excellent job, and within the cookie cutter, they put different toppings on the cookie. <laughs> but it's very cookie cutter. At least that's. Well, I mean, I seeing how I enjoyed the other ones, I kind of would prefer it that way, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing. It's just a thought that kept popping into my head. It was like, this feels a lot like Bowser's Inside Story. Just prettier graphics, cool gyro use. Like, I don't know, because like Pikmin 3, they made changes, which I know you guys weren't very happy with. If you want to hear about those complaints, episode 50, go for it, my Pikmin. Check it out, listeners. But no, uh, like, you, you know, there are a lot of changes that you weren't happy with, but at least they were changing things. They had, like, Bingo Battle, which was different, which was something changing new. Changing is not the same as taking away. You're right. They should have added Bingo Battle. But my point is, like, with Mario and Luigi, they didn't really add much. Like, Gyro's the big new addition. Like, even the giant mm-hmm. battles, as you point out in past episodes, were in Battle Inside Story. Like, there's not a whole lot of new. What's there is great, and Gyro's cool, but there's not much beyond yeah, it. They changed things. They didn't add or subtract, I guess. Because, I mean, that, Bowser, that boss battle thing, like, yeah, you said it came back. They still had, like, I remember in Battle Inside Story, next to the boss battle rush thing, there was a infinite trial thing I think it was like the same one every time mm-hmm. but like I'll see how far you can get and then I don't know what you get if you win but right but yeah like I mean they might have something like that at the end of Mario of this Mario Luigi I don't, I don't know but what? wait were we talking Pikmin or Mario Luigi Mario Luigi yeah they might have something like this at the end of this Mario Luigi we none of us have fully beaten it yet the the boss rush equivalent basically no, 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 or no. not the boss rush the infinite well because after battle. the because next to the boss rush thing in Mario Luigi in Bowser's story there was a I don't know, like, I guess they called it the, the cathedral. I don't know what they called it, but it was just an endless minigame that you could do whenever you want. That wasn't the massage one. I guess the I point I was getting at, which I, I might have kind of already it was, said, it was a trampoline one. You said to see how far you could get. They're sticking, I guess my uh, point was they're just sticking to the formula really closely, which isn't a problem. It's just an observation. Like, it, literally, you could swap out the partners in time, like time travel stuff, side-scrolling stuff, with the Bowser's inside story, Bowser's stomach stuff. With the bar, with the Luigi know, Dream the, World the, Dream the, stuff, the, the time, it's all kind of the same. The time travel, I think, that one was pretty different. Actually, I barely the, remember that. Oh, yeah, because really he added the two babies. I mean, the time travel. Yeah. The time travel. You know, what? I take back time travel because now I think about it. I forgot about the two. Well, babies I mean, the time travel didn't change anything. I mean, it's still the same place. You're yeah. just two different times. The right. babies is what made. Like now, you have four characters to take care of. I guess actually that brings up a better point of what I'm trying to say. They changed the gameplay completely with the babies. Like. Yeah, that There's one. four characters. You had to do all sorts of different puzzles that you couldn't do another way. In addition to Mario and Luigi jumping, you still had their baby jumping. You could yeah. separate them, kind of like... Or you, like uh, almost like the Pikmin they're, captains. They're all they're doing this doing, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mario the Pikmin captains, yeah. The other and then, like, Bowser's Inside Story, they did something different. It's like, you're inside Bowser now. The side-scrolling is strictly inside Bowser. Like, outside, it's, oh, you know, it's isometric RPG. Now, with Dream Team, they're like, well, we're taking the inside Bowser thing, but we're putting it in Luigi's head. We do, You can't 
we're going to split off the characters kind of like t- uh, partners in time, except the split is just Luigi's powers that are like behind the screen while you're doing the stuff in the front of the screen. Like, it just feels like they just well, kind of mishmash. What about, old like, stuff. I haven't played it, so I don't know about this yet. Cause Once again, it's not a complaint. It's no, just no, an observation. I still love the game. I just find it interesting that they chose, after every single Mario and Luigi up until oh. now, to do something radically different. That this one's just like very cookie cutter. It's very well. This worked in Inside Story. Let's just do it again. Oh yeah, now Luigi can like move a platform. Well, I mean, I guess since Bowser's Inside Story and Partners in Time are I guess different, wouldn't it just be the same as Part One, Superstar Saga? Wait, a minute, what? Because it says no, that ba- Bowser's Inside up, Story has its own gimmick. I'm saying they could come up with a new gimmick entirely. This gimmick just feels like Bowser's Inside Story plus. Oh, well. gimmick's good. It's a fun gimmick. I mean, but it's just like once again. I know I keep saying this, but I'm not, like, saying I don't like oh. the game because of it. I'm just saying it's interesting that they were doing unique things up until everyone. I shouldn't have said Partners in Time as an example, because that actually proves this point better. But they each were doing something a little different, more than a little different, and then suddenly this one's a lot like the last oh, one. I'm just wondering if That's the plot is still on the same level as the other ones, because I remember... That's what I was saying with the last one. Because one thing that I always liked about the other ones was that um, there was always a lot of, I mean, not... There were twists, I mean, whether they were predictable or not, mm-hmm. but usually, like, the villain was someone... Like completely new, and they pulled like an equal opposite. First. And, and, and Bowser was like, like he was never really the main villain. Like the main well, villain they do have the new guy. I don't know what Bowser's role is. He's but... just helping him. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert: Bowser's evil. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like yeah. I think because I mean, usually like the plots were usually yeah. way crazy and like out there. Like I mean, the first is one... it in this one? You're way so far. It's... Oh, so I guess so. So far, but not as much. Yeah, that's. I think that yeah, almost fits the cookie cutter thing I'm saying a little more because it's like, it's really just like oh, it's Martin cook- Luigi. But I mean, there could be a twist that I right. haven't. Because when you cause when you said safe, I'm like, oh, like are they going back to like Bowser takes Peach and that's it? Or, no, that's just safe. I'm or they're like, because I mean, in the other one there was like little things going on in the story. Like I remember yeah. the first one, like oh, first Cacletta, he she saw Peach's voice. It has it almost had nothing to do with Bowser. Oh and, my God! I just put together that Cacletta cackle cackle sound voice. Wow, I didn't notice that pun. Oh. <laughs> or I forgot in the past ten years, and now I remember. I don't know which. Yeah, and then, like, the second was about an alien invasion, and Bowser was also kind of, like, just there. Yeah. And then the third one, like... yeah, Bowser like, was a good guy now. Well... The third one, sort of. Yeah, because, I mean, they took over his kingdom. Yeah. Like, yeah, Fawful, so he had to go get it back. <laughs> Bowser's always just there, except for the third one. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, once... I Maybe, maybe I'm just trying to mention that kind of formula. Because it's a good <laughs> formula, but it's just... I kept... Once, like I love the, I really enjoyed the game. But I kept thinking this feels familiar. Well, may, maybe it's because that's it. like that's it. That's maybe all. maybe because after four games, it's just barely starting to hit you. Like you want something a little bit more new. Well, and the other it's not like it's, it's not like Pokemon where it's like like oh my god, this is formulaic. Like we need something. Like we need like an overhaul. Yeah, I wonder if this like, one. It's already starting like, to reach that point where you. I think it might be that. I think you summed it up pretty well. But I still highly recommend it because it is a really good game. It's just if if Bowser Inside Story, you're like okay, I get it. You might. You know, this one might not be quite your cup of tea, but if you're still into the franchise, it's super good. It's it's definitely up there with the others. Would you yeah, agree? Definitely. I mean, no, you, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's really good. It's funny. Like I said before, graphics are gorgeous. Like I, everything about it. <laughs> really good sprite work. Like the animation. I don't know which one to put up, like in a, in order. Which is my favorite? This one also has the issue of being out in a year where there's way too many good games coming out. Like this is gonna get buried. Because Mario and Luigi used to be like a headlining like game of buried the holidays. The others. All the other Mario and Luigi games were the big holiday titles. Oh, no, Nintendo. this year. Like, from Nintendo. Uh, Pokemon, Zelda, Animal Crossing, Luigi's Mansion, all the Fire Emblem, 
all of those come holiday, is someone going to go, I want Mario and Luigi, or are they going to pick one of those other four? Oh, five. Like, it used to be that was the holiday title. It'd be like, Mario and Luigi would be the banner title, and then you'd have, like, I don't know, uh, a latent game or something, which, you know, is obviously not in the same caliber in terms of, like, what <laughs> who it's targeting and who buys it and how many people buy it. So it's just interesting that it's now, like, a late summer game, and it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, we have this, too. Because it has the content. I mean, based on what you're saying, Elvis, the content is more than that of... It's, oh, yeah, it's of its of its predecessors, which were all like headlining games, and this one's not a headlining game. Just an interesting change in Nintendo strategy. But yeah, I, so yeah, I'd say it's worth it, even with my stupid cookie cutter comment. I'd say it's worth it. <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely worth it. It's Have you ever recommended it to a friend who's never played uh, Mario and Luigi series? Oh yeah, yeah. No, you know, like we did, and he yeah. was already playing it. So. Oh, I thought you were saying would I? Yeah. No, 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 no. Like, yeah, we, yeah, we actually did. <laughs> no, oh, I gotcha. We bought it on release day. And I thought, oh, do you think, are there any cool 3D? I think I should get like, well, I mean, Mario is coming out. Like, and then we told him about the game, and then he literally bought it the next day. Yeah, no, it's the thing is, yeah, I mean, maybe it's just because I've been playing so many Nintendo games for so many years that's just I'm starting to see like a little repetition. <laughs> but even then, they're still super fun, and that's all that matters. So you need another console to balance yourself out. I don't know because I'm playing my games <laughs> enough as is. Do I need another console with more games? You need I more TV shows to watch, I guess. To I don't know, but no, it's <laughs> just like. <laughs> <laughs> formula with repetition but then you look at all the 2D Mario games yeah but it's just like yeah like exactly but it's just like it's, <laughs> so it's still new. it's still a really fun game that's my point so yeah I would highly recommend it if you've never played a game in series you're in for an awesome time if you have played the previous games it's still really fun but at least in you might have a little like tinge of the only difference is like I went back to look at some and is it the backgrounds are essentially just drawn yeah it's weird oh yeah yeah it used to be wasted because these are all 3D models yeah it used to the old ones were all like had a hand drawn look and this is the first one I remember you saying that like wow how are you even playing this (laughs) this is the first one that went polygonal they were using the extra processing power except Martin Luigi's Girl (laughs) yeah exactly but yeah so I think that pretty much does it for this episode I mean it seems like all three games that we talked about we recommended so if you need some games as the fall approaches and the onslaught begins those three are worth checking out. Yeah. Especially um, since I wanted like a really long game. Yeah, and this is that to a T. Plus Project Cross too short. I was expecting something I was expecting something like this from Paper Mario on 3DS. But... Right. Well Paper Mario was like totally different in the end. Yeah, that's what I was Which almost makes it okay that genre. They, yeah. genre Which also makes it okay that Nintendo oddly released two Mario RPGs within one year because turns out the first Mario RPG was more of a Paper Mario adventure game. And this is the true RPG. Like a, I feel like the it first was a paper, slow paced platformer. The first Paper Mario like was like super. Pa- it was like it was like Super Paper Mario, but with a few more RPG elements. Because Super Paper Mario was a full on platformer, if you recall. I didn't play it. Oh, it's actually pretty I fun. Played it. What? Super Paper Mario on Wii. He's, he's saying it's like Paper Mario. Super Paper, Paper Mario. Paper Mario. The oh, platformer. okay. The, Look, Paper the, Mario, the, the Paper Mario Sticker Star. Yeah, Paper Mario Sticker Star is kind of the same pacing of like that versus a RP full on RP. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. but. Anyways, that pretty much wraps it up for this episode, I think. Is there anything else anyone wanted to add? No, nah, not really. It's really nice having a, another lengthy 3DS game, like my other game, Project Cross Zone, that I still haven't finished, and it's like 50 hours plus. It's that long? Yeah, it's pretty long. It's 40 plus chapters, and so at 35, and each chapter takes like an hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's your, your money's worth. Doesn't Project X or Cross Zone only like 40 I mean, $30 as opposed to 40 It's price dropped pretty quick. Did you get it full? Or? I don't remember. You got it the day it came out. Oh, so you probably paid the full. <laughs> yeah, I paid full. Oh, I got okay. the limited edition. Oh, well, that's cool then, yeah. But, Without pre-ordering. Guy hooked me but yeah, that is, that is something super nice about Mario and Luigi. Is yeah, it's a lengthy long 3DS game. games. They should release it at the beginning of summer now that I think about it. It's kind of weird that they saved it till now. Like, if they did it at the beginning of the summer, all summer people could play it during the Wii that's drought true. and whatnot. It's not like there are any other 3DS games that came out in July or anything, so... 
Yeah. I mean, I guess Shimagami Tensei, but whatever. But yeah, like I said, I think... Uh, I guess that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, as always. Um, if you haven't already done so, be sure to check out the extra I mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, mm-hmm. Wii U Goes Hollywood. You can find that on com, where you can also find the blog post for this episode, episode 51. Green, Mean Green Dreaming Machine... All about good old Luigi. Um, yeah, so leave a comment. Let us know what you think uh, about any of the games we discussed, any of the news we discussed, the Pokemon fighting room, fighting game rumors. Curious what your guys' speculation is. Be sure to also uh, subscribe to us on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. And follow us on Twitter, at Ram Nintendo. Stay up on future extras. We'll be posting uh, flashback series isn't done yet. Uh, we'll have other coverage of other things coming up. You can also follow us individually on Twitter if you want to hear our thoughts on any sort of random thing we want to share our thoughts on. I'm at JSR7. Jose is at Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. For once, I'm not forgetting you, Elvis. <laughs> Your Twitter is Drake Redcrest, as in the Chibi Robo action yeah. star. And that's exactly how it sounds like it's spelled, Drake Redcrest. And um, <laughs> you can also hit us up on Meverse as well. I'm Jason R. Jose is Wero. Elvis is... Drake. You're also Drake Redcrest? Oh, yeah, yeah. Meverse? Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I, are we friends on Meverse? No, are we? No, not yet. Oh, right, you didn't turn on friending. Hold up on hitting right. up him on Meverse <laughs> until he turns on friending. But me and Jose, we, we can... Yeah, all the time. And all, all the time. Anytime, all the time. 24-7 Yang. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back on September 8th with our next episode. We're going to have all the latest news, of course. I wouldn't be surprised if there's an Nintendo Direct between now and then. Not saying there will be, but I wouldn't be surprised. So we might have that. We'll definitely have some impressions of uh, the very well-received Steam World Dig, which mm-hmm. is on the 3DS eShop. And so we'll be checking that out and telling you what makes it so oh, great. Baggy. Yeah, I seen a lot of impression. It's Mr. Driller meets Metroid. So right there, yeah. that intrigues me. But yeah, we'll have all that. <laughs> September 8th is our next episode. Keep it locked to Nintendo. Until then, for all sorts of extras, maybe. And uh, yeah, that pretty much does it. We'll see you next time. Yep. Keep it locked. Yeah, keep it locked. <laughs>